What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey episode number 71 presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am the most country Parisi that walks planet Earth and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller and his Seattle Mariners won the best game of the Major League Baseball season at 1.30 in the morning last night and you can't teach that. Frank, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing really well. So today's episode number 71. Did you know that number 71 is on my Mount Rushmore of favorite numbers? Malkin. Malkin. It was just, yeah. I can't think of another 71, to be honest. It started with Malkin. There are a couple other 71s. Malkin was number 71, too. But I, I just have always appreciated the number 71. Skokes, what's going on? How's it going? Is it um, Skokes or Skokes? It's Skokes. Had it confirmed from him, from his mouth, it's Skokes. Okay. Um, Katie's pointing out that I am extremely country. There was a battle between Joey Parisi and I all weekend long over who was more country than the other. Um, more of a 53 kind of guy coming from Pat. Yeah, I like 53. Frank, who's a number 53? I feel like there's got to be some number 53s oh, in the show. That's uh that's a tough one. I no, can't there's, one there's off the top of my head though. Definitely some 53s in the NHL. Now 71's not my favorite number. I would probably call it my fourth favorite number. Do you have a Mount Rushmore of favorite numbers? Everybody throw your Mount Rushmore of favorite numbers in the chat. I know we got some extra people watching the show today. Mount for Rushmore obvious favorite reasons. numbers. They want Nashville recaps. We'll get to the Nashville recaps. Does very, it have very... to be 7 is definitely one of mine. Is it really? You well, and Katie have a favorite number aligned because that's her birthday. It's well, it's not my favorite. My favorite's my birthday, seventeen, but my okay. birthday seven seventeen. Oh, okay. So, I wonder if I wonder if eight is one of Caitlin's favorites for I the like great seven. month of for the great month Amy of Amy loves twenty two. Amy loves twenty two. Oh man, everyone is watching. This is grand. Do you guys are you guys gonna care about my show this much when hockey season starts? Probably not. So, yeah, I like seven seventeen. I mean, does it have to be a number from one to ninety-nine? No, if you're a weirdo and have a favorite. okay, one million two hundred eighty-two thousand seven hundred and thirty-five. You really are an a-hole. Oh, yeah, Jeff Skinner wears number fifty-three. That's a good fifty-three. Pat likes good. forty-five, sixteen. Oh, Pat, you can't like forty-five, Pat. Uh, Lisa likes number. nine. I like nine. Nine's my Scox number. Cox likes seven and twenty-seven. We got a lot of sevens. People Tom with the went full out 19, 7, 18, and 26. Seven's a popular number. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, I like 26, Tom. It's not on my Mount Rushmore, but Patrick Eliash is one of my favorite players ever. Giovanna, 13, 6, 4, and 2. I actually like 13. That's one on my Mount Rushmore. 13's number two for me. That's yep. it's uh so right my Mount Rushmore, I guess, would, would probably <laughs> be 13, 7, 17. Oh, I don't know. 21, maybe? What about seven? Or did you say seven? Seven, 17, 13. And 21? You're a Vegas guy. 21. Vegas guy. Can we go into the negatives? No. It's yeah, technically I mean, a number. Imagine, hey, what's your favorite? I mean, that, that's the kid that, like, shoots up the school, right? Like, hey, what's your favorite number? <laughs> that's terrible. That's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Pally, 30 and four. I, yeah, uh, 30. I like Marty Brodeur. So, oh, we got Skyler a lot of like, seven, seven. I knew, knew Skyler liked 17. 
Um, Stacks 22 is underrated. Yeah, 22 is a good number. I like the 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, when we talk about Nashville in period number one, we're going to talk about a player that wears number 22 that joined the Nashville Predators this offseason too. Can you think of who I'm thinking of? 22? He has the best name in the NHL, like from beginning to end. It's not Philip Forsberg. It is. No, Philip Forsberg's number nine. The, the goat number. 22 nah. is Nino Niederreiter. Remember uh, when Jordan Tutu wore number 22 and he was born on February 2nd? So his, yeah. name, his name was Tutu, his birthday was Tutu, and his hockey number was Tutu. That's just like a prophecy. Like you fulfilled <laughs> the prophecy. Yeah, he needs to like, he needs to invest all of his money and time in the number 22. I mean, he basically has. He's literally I named mean, after it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. You could so, create a whole brand out of it. My Mount Rushmore is nine. 13, 11, and 71. What's Absolutely. the fascination with 71? Uh, you know what? When Malkin wore it when I was a kid, and Malkin to me was the most unique player in the NHL because he was like a mix of Crosby and Ovechkin, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he played the point on the power play just like Ovechkin, and he was as sick of a passer as Crosby, and he had Crosby's butt in terms of like using his rear end to protect the puck and do what he's got to do down low. And for some reason, just 71 resonated with me. So everyone in the chat only wants to hear about one thing and one thing only. And then they're not going to give a shit about the rest of the episode once we're done with that segment. But we will get to that part in period number one. Caught me off guard, VP. I caught you off guard. You pressed it like within seconds of me saying, what do you mean? I was panicking. I was scrolling. Oh, Skylar makes a great point before we get into our conversation. Number 12. How listen, 12 isn't on my Mount Rushmore because I, I can't think of what I would take off for it. Like 9, 13, 11, and 71 are not coming off for anything. But if we're saying a top five, I would probably put 12 as the fifth one. I like 19 and 88 also. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I would just fully expect that from you. You know, the Devils haven't had an 88, but they've had a very – no one will ever wear 19, at least for a while, Travis Zajac. And, of course, you're referring to Taves. Well, and so. there's a lot of great 88s in the league. Brent Burns, yeah. Pasta, Kane. Yep, v- Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. Odd, odd for a goalie, but to- Skyler's referring to Tom. And, of course, we love our Tom. Aaron Rodgers also wears number 12. And You're an Aaron Rodgers guy. Uh, you know what? His interview with Big Cat and – uh, PFT commentary on part of my take. You should listen to it. It's really funny because <laughs> Big Cat just fucking hates him. Um, Frank, do you like the town of Nashville? I've never been there, but I hate the team. Okay, you hate the team. Uh, you don't hate their football team, though, the Tennessee Titans. No. The, they, they were the number one seed in the NFL last year. Um, and Nashville made the playoffs, uh, the Predators. Uh, everyone wants us to talk about the great Smashville. I was in Smashville earlier this week, weekend. It was Miss Caitlin's birthday. She turned Marty Broder years old. Um, we ate incredible amounts of food. We, Most of us drank significant amounts of liquor. I'm not the biggest drinker in the world. Uh, I, I drink less than them, but more than you, I would say. And... But I, you know, there was a couple nights where I felt a little tipsy. Uh, there was one night where I was like, wow, I drank more than I realized. Because um, people were passing out. Like, there was one shot 
shout out to our good friend will we name her by we'll name her by name because this isn't a bad story we'll we'll shout out uh kelly balls for the the tequila shot that made my throat burn for basically the rest of the night like i'm talking i got in bed and i like felt the burn a little bit um that was the night where i was like wow i drank more than i realized well, um, when you're on vacation, you got to get a, you know, you got to party a little extra hard. Yeah. Oh, I mean, remember me in Missouri with the bottle of, what was it? Um, Malibu? Yep. The Malibu. I'll never I mean, forget it. There were a couple. On vacation, you got to, you know. Yeah. There were a couple Malibu pineapples flowing throughout the, the vacation. So I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think that, you know, the crowd will enjoy that. We got people in the chat, Pat's going, no, she does not get a shout out for that. Yeah, she does. And the reason is you were mad enough about it to put it in all capital letters in the chat. That means it was funny wow, and memorable. What, what else is like, is there a story behind this? Okay, so no, not the tequila thing. Everybody just had to take a shot at tequila because all of a sudden Kelly Balls came out with like nine of them. And what are people oh, in Pat's not a fan of it? Pat's not a fan of this tequila. No one's really a fan of it because like a shot at like a random bar in Nashville, like Think of every bar as timeout, but brighter with live music. Like every bar is like a dive bar in a way. Like that's what I mean by comparing it to timeout. Like every bar is a dive bar yeah. with music that's live. And, you know, the, the drinks aren't great. Okay. We're not having, you know, Grey Goose vodka in our, you know, stuff. Like Pink Whitney's high quality vodka compared to some of the stuff that you'll get at these bars, right? It's cheap. And the mm -hmm. tequila shot, they give you like this nasty bottom shelf tequila with like one lime. You know, I'll do a shot of tequila if I got good tequila, a quality lime, the salt, and maybe a nice little, um, what's it called? A nice little chaser. I had nothing. Okay. I took the shot, ate the lime, had to go about my merry way with nothing. Okay. I think I took a swig of someone who will be unnamed's uh, orange juice that they had or something. Maybe it was some kind of something. I don't know. But Nashville's a wild place, Frank. You want to hear some stories? Yeah, let's go for it. I'm going to give you three or four stories here. And you're going to rank them by their funniness level. Okay. What do you think about that? Let's do it. All right. So we'll start off. I'm going to not use real names. I'm going to use fake names because some of these people would like to keep their identities cleared. Um, you might know who I'm talking about for at least one of these stories. But the general public will not. Um, all right, let's start with this one. We are at one of the bars on, I want to say it was Saturday night. And Frank, I need you like, <laughs> I need to know if you think these are as outrageous as I do. Okay. We're at one of the bars on Saturday night. And this was after the tequila shot in the same bar. We made our way to the back. And there's a band playing live music. Mm -hmm. And the band was predominantly country. You get one of two kinds of music live in Nashville. You get country or rock. That's it. That, you know, like, and when I say rock, I don't mean like metal or anything like that. I mean like rock and roll. And I would say it's about 65% country, 35% rock and roll. Okay. And this band was mainly country. Um, but they had like a country rock theme. And so I'm at the stage making videos, right? Like I'm recording myself. The guy comes and gets in the video. All of a sudden I stand up and I go and look for someone named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is sitting in the front row 
watching the music, hanging out. Everybody's there. There's this group of bachelors there. Okay. So you know Elizabeth. I know Elizabeth. Okay. I know Elizabeth quite well. Um, Elizabeth, all of a sudden, Elizabeth is wearing something on her that announces that it is her birthday. Okay. And the group, there's a group of bachelors there. There's a groom and all of his groomsmen. And they're dressed up like cowboys. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like they got short shorts, plaid t-shirts. They were blue. Some of them had cowboy hats. Some of them didn't. I, sw- I don't know if they wore boots or anything like that. All of a sudden, the guy who's getting married, the groom, comes up to Elizabeth and goes, It's your birthday? Basically sticks his tongue down her throat. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm not kidding. Tongue in. Okay. And all of a sudden, he looks at Elizabeth's boyfriend and says, is this your man? Elizabeth goes, yeah. And the guy was so embarrassed (laughs) and apathetic and felt like he wanted to crawl in a hole and die. Okay. He was about to get married and he just fucking tongue bombed this chick just because it was her birthday. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I want to know, or well, I'll ask you that in a minute. He went up to Elizabeth's boyfriend and said, you can kick my ass if you want to. You can just punch me right here in the face right now. I won't do anything about it. And Elizabeth's boyfriend was kind of mad. I mean, who wouldn't be? And Elizabeth's boyfriend looked at Elizabeth and said, do you want me to kick his ass right now? I'll punch him right in the face right now. And I think Elizabeth's boyfriend would have if she said yes. And she said, no, no, it's okay. And if you think about it, it would have become more of Elizabeth's problem than Elizabeth's boyfriend if he would have gotten like arrested and stuff like that in Nashville. And outside of Broadway, you really don't know where you are. Instead, uh, Elizabeth's boyfriend was bought in a free drink of the vodka Red Bull variety. Um, and he had to just sit there and take it. And the guy was so apathetic and he was so upset. And he honestly just wouldn't leave Elizabeth alone after he did that. Or Elizabeth's boyfriend after buying them a drink. At one point, I was like, all right, dude, we get it. You're sorry. Get out of here before I turn you into an ant. And... I want to know if you think Elizabeth is a cheater. No, it wasn't. She didn't induce it. Oh, okay. Just because, like, it's not like she wanted to kiss the guy. So say, like, if I if somebody came up to me and just kissed me on the lips, I'm not a cheater. I didn't want that. So then virtually you can make anyone a cheater, right? Like, if you want to just go up to somebody and just... Yeah, if you just decided, like, you yeah, know, I really don't like them as a couple. I'm going to go kiss them. Yeah, no, it's not. And then the boom, relationship I mean, over. It's, it's a little weird that he would do that. The only thing I could think of is one, he's in Nashville on a bachelor. He's, he's with all his bachelors, getting married, Boy, smashed out of his mind. Own wedding. Yeah, he's definitely smashed out of his mind. Yeah. A little bit. Got to yeah. be. Um, Without question. Drunker than anyone in our Two, group. he's having some of the best time of his wow. life. He's out. He's, he's getting ready to get married. He's just partying. He's just. It doesn't have a care in the world. So he's just going to, he just, that's something that just happens. You just do something stupid like that. And then I don't know 
if Elizabeth was with a large group of people that was mostly women and he just assumed that it was like a whole bunch of women here celebrating her birthday, they didn't see Elizabeth's boyfriend. If the guy knew about Elizabeth's boyfriend, I don't think he would have done it. Like if it was made known beforehand, I don't think he would have done it. No, Elizabeth's boyfriend was up at the stage. Elizabeth was with a group of her friends. You are correct. There was probably like 10 of them. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth's boyfriend likes to hold his phone and talk into it quite frequently. Mm -hmm. And he was doing that in front of the stage. Now, Elizabeth's boyfriend did walk up as it was happening. Like he had a front row seat for it, right? Mm -hmm. If you were Elizabeth's boyfriend, what would your anger level have been at The Bachelor? I would have been upset. Um, would you have hit him? Depends the reaction Elizabeth had. Like if Elizabeth, to me, Elizabeth wasn't feeling it. Like she wasn't happy about it. Um, Elizabeth was borderline devastated that it happened. Right. So I probably wouldn't. No, I wouldn't have hit him. I didn't want to. Not to that extent. If it continued throughout the night, you know, and he kept trying to press on maybe. But uh <laughs> um no i mean there's in that situation there's no reason to get physical in my opinion um if it would have got worse or he would have kept doing it then like things started to escalate then maybe but no i mean if he genuinely seemed sorry and he didn't know that elizabeth's boyfriend wasn't around then yeah no i wouldn't have hit him elizabeth's not a cheater (laughs) without saying any names or anything like that do you know who elizabeth and her boyfriend are why we use elizabeth he chose the longest name yeah well i had to yeah and dan that might be the most outrageous story of the weekend but i'm gonna see if you think that the rest of these stories are also kind of funny so elizabeth has a sister Her name, for the sake of privacy reasons, is Margaret. (laughs) Margaret is a big fan of being wild when she's out, okay? Mm -hmm. She's a big fan of drinking and, you know, trying to find cute boys to kiss, which, credit to Margaret. Margaret is a wonderful person. I love Margaret from the bottom of my heart. Margaret has a friend named Haley. For the sake of privacy. These are a lot of names I got to remember now. Yeah, okay. Well, you'll do just fine. If I can remember, you can remember. And Haley and Margaret are very good friends. They might consider each other roommates. Um, Margaret and Haley both like to get really drunk. They're both single women, you know, who like to get out there, right? Well, there was one night where the two of them were out and they stayed out later than everybody else, which is late AF because everybody else was out pretty late for the most part. Okay. All of the sudden when Elizabeth and her boyfriend are back home, Elizabeth gets a call from her sister, Margaret saying, or no. Yeah. Elizabeth got a call from her sister margaret and they were on their way home but Haley left early with a dead phone oh no 
Okay. And we're in Nashville. Okay. Nashville has some weirdos. There's no doubt about it. Nashville's fun. It's awesome. There are a lot of freaking weirdos there though. Like a single girl, good looking girls walking by themselves, primary targets. Okay. And that's worrisome if you're like a friend, a close friend, a friend of a friend. You know, I consider myself a friend of all these people. Um, you know, I, I was concerned. All of the sudden, um, we get word that the sister, Margaret, is relatively close. It becomes Elizabeth boyfriend's problem to go find her. And so Elizabeth's boyfriend runs down the stairs and he does finally catch up with her. Well, Haley already made it home without um, Elizabeth's sister's Margaret realizing it. And when Elizabeth's boyfriend gets down and finds Margaret, she's on a tear. She's ready to fight someone. I swear it was about to be Holyfield versus uh, Mike Tyson round two. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the sweet calming presence that is Elizabeth's boyfriend calmed her down. They walked up the stairs or walked, went up the elevator together. And by the time they got to the room, they did not scream at each other until one of them tried to confront the other. And then some words were had, but no physical violence came of it. They were both um, Haley and Margaret. Oh, Haley left the bar early with a dead phone. She yeah. came with a cowboy hat, though, that she didn't already have to start. She probably got that from a nice young man. Uh-huh. And um, I'm trying to get, keep the name straight, too. Margaret was not happy that her friend made that irresponsible decision, and they had words when they got back. Do you think, does Frankie Mueller think it's a good idea to leave a Nashville bar with a dead phone drunk earlier than your friends, especially if you're a young woman. No, I think that's a dumb decision. So you're team Margaret here. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you feel bad for Elizabeth's boyfriend for having to be in the middle of it? Or do you think he did the right thing by like, just doing what he's got to do for his girlfriend, no matter what. And everybody was happy in the end. Everybody was happy in the end. It's just something you gotta do, right? That's part of the the journey. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I it definitely change with the town of Nashville. Like all the you you don't you have a dead phone, which like I would just be even worried to travel around with a dead phone. Just me personally, letting alone a woman in a town like that. And it's a town I don't know how familiar you are with it. I just, I think it's not the greatest decision. I mean, if you have, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be the bad guy at the end of this. No, you're not. Making my, uh, but I don't no, know. This was I one think... of the stories I was given permission to tell. It was a funny yeah, story. Yeah. Two two best friends fought each other over which one of them is like having more fun, essentially. And then I again, think that's hilarious. Then again, the other way you could look at it, too, is, I mean... Haley's a grown ass woman. <laughs> she could do she could do whatever she wants, right? I mean, I hate when people tell me what to do or if I should do things or whatnot. But I mean, I also don't think I would have made that decision to leave early with the dead phone. 
or I would at least have found a way to get a charge and then leave. Or what was the purpose? Why did they want to leave early? I It, it was still late, but that kind of leads me into the next portion of the story of Nashville. Okay. And this is the part that I think Mr. Frank Mueller would appreciate the most about the trip. Uh-oh. And I want to know if you would partake in this as often as I did. Right outside of our Airbnb was the most delectable, delightful, beautiful, perfect Euro truck. Mm. And Frank, this Euro truck was open till three in the morning on Friday, four in the morning on Saturday, three in the morning again on Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. It had pops. It had Gatorade. It had Euro. It had Euro fries. It had Euro cones. It had cheese fries. It even had uh, what's the Italian dessert that Frank Sinatra or that Dean Martin sings about? Um, it starts with a B. Baklava. Mm. Baklava. It's like the cr- uh, crusty like pastry. Um, they even had that. I don't, why an Italian pastry like that was at a Greek late night drunk Euro truck i have no idea but it was delicious um every single night almost everyone in the group ordered from this euro truck Mm -hmm. and i want to know your level of commitment to a euro truck had you have been there oh yeah it would have been there all the time i love food trucks and actually while you were on your trip to nashville i pounded a gyro Ooh. It was so good. It was from this restaurant, Craving Gyros. Highly suggest it if you ever get the chance. It's in Lake Zurich. So freaking good. I I would have, if I was there, I would have tried the gyro fries, the cone, the sandwich. I would have tried it all at least once. Um, I'm a big food truck guy. I think they're so smart that I could just be walking through the streets and you could just go up to this food truck and just have like these foods where I don't have to stand in line at a restaurant or get wait to be seated. I would have participated it in it all the time. Can I describe to you the Euro fries? Sure. Really quick before I do that though, I'm noticing a comment here, uh, a question. Did Haley eat from the Euro truck? Um, Haley is a self-proclaimed vegan. Mm-hmm. She was seen eating from the Euro truck multiple oh, no. times. Multiple oh, times. No. I'm talking like basically every night. Haley, what's going on? Do you think Haley's a fraud vegan? I mean, if you call yourself a vegan and you're just dumb you, is, this is like a closet vegan thing, then or you're trying to like hide it or you say you're a vegan, you're dumbing dumbing oh my god, dummying some lamb. I don't know. That that's a bad look. That's a now, bad look. Now here's the thing. I think Haley's reason for being vegan is health related. I don't know if it's necessary. Is it like save the animal related? I, I don't know. But if I went vegan, even if it was just like a joke for a month to see if I could do it, I think the hardest thing for me to give up would be lamb, gyros, lamb chops, stuff like that. Um, Pat confirmed. Haley claims she's a soft vegan. Can you be a soft vegan? Not a vegan. I guess if you're a soft vegan, then you call yourself a vegetarian. Because vegans can't eat anything that are like because milk comes from a cow. You can't have anything that comes from an animal. So is it that extent? Because if you're a soft vegan and you're going to eat like chocolate, then you're just like a vegetarian. 
it doesn't even necessarily apply to eating either. That's the most common misconceptions for some of these soft vegans. Yeah, you do you like think that. do you think Haley walked around using some sort of leather at any point this week? I'm actually going to assume yes. Leather so pants, I wouldn't even, consider, wallet, I wouldn't even considered a soft vegan then. Honestly. Yeah, I also heard rumors she ate a couple hot dogs, but that's just All right, then yeah, that's no, speculation or... though, Frank. That's just speculation. That's that's just Speculation. Aldo makes a great point in the chat that vegans get a free pass when it comes to euros. Holy shit. Justice for Haley. Justice for Haley. Justice for Haley. I don't know. Hot dogs too, he says. Although I can't agree with you there, bud. I just can't. I'd rather have anything other than a hot dog. I'd rather a brat, burger, chicken oh, sandwich. Gyro. But you agree with the euro. Yeah, but they're no free pass. It's still meat. I get it. They're great. Meat comes first, then soccer. <laughs> As Uncle says from, uh, what's it called? Need the full definition of vegan, Frank. Vegan is like you can't have anything animal related at all. So anything that has animal ingredients from it, like a cheese, cheeses, or no. Yeah, because cheese comes from milk and milk comes from a cow. Can't have anything related to, to that. You can't wear anything animal related. Anything that's like comes from an animal vegans can't use or eat a vegan is a person who does not eat any food derived from animals and who typically does not use other animal products that's exactly what i just said <laughs> yes i'm talking yeah like g makes a great point in the chat makeup products clothes everything Absolutely. if you're a soft everything. vegan you're a vegetarian yeah unless you eat meat then you're just a human. <laughs> you're an omnivore. I'm an omnivore. Are you an omnivore? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I like me some plants, too. Like no frozen pizza. Oh. A vegan couldn't eat. I can confirm that that Haley girl, she definitely ate some frozen pizza. Yeah, so then no, because you can't have frozen pizza either. Uh, there's another cousin named um, Justin who is a person who does not consume um, gluten. And Justin, to his credit, does not eat gluten. He claims he doesn't eat gluten. He, for the most part, sticks to no gluten. He even bought himself a frozen non-gluten pizza and ate that while everybody else was dummying delicious food. I respect it. Me too. Me too. You got to stick to what what you say you are. You say you're gluten-free, you got to be gluten-free. Now, if you want to change, that's one thing. That's fine. I have, no problem. I have no problem with people who are vegan or vegetarian or whatnot. But if you say you're a vegan and you eat meat, then don't claim you're a vegan. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a problem which way they decide to go. Yeah, my only thing, I think you're allowed to cheat if your reason for doing it is health purposes. If you think meat is bad for you and animal products are bad for you, but you want to splurge for Elizabeth's birthday, you are more Fair. than welcome to do so. Yeah. Kind of like guys who are on a diet. Mm-hmm. If you're on a diet, but it's Saturday and college football's on and you want to dummy some timeout wings while Alabama's playing Arkansas at 2 p.m., you can do that and still claim you're on a diet. Yeah. So I think if it's for health reasons, you're allowed to cheat on your veganism. That, and same thing with gluten. I'm pretty sure 
uh, Justin's reason for not eating gluten is health related and not just a lifestyle choice. And as a result, there have been times where, you know, he would eat gluten as Pat points out that the rumor is Justin accidentally ate gluten on this trip. I actually, I know for a fact that Justin ate gluten on this trip. I just cannot remember. Oh, I think I think of it. We all got iced upon our arrival. There was an ice waiting for each and every person on their bed. I believe that is where Justin consumed. Yeah, because there's gluten and alcohol too. Yes, so. I believe I believe uh, Justin consumed some gluten when he was slugging down one of those Smirnoff ice whites. You know, Smirnoff ice whites they kind of taste like Sprite a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. They're not that bad. These were piss warm. No, I only drank there's... half and dumped the other half. That shit was nasty when it was warm. Yeah, there's um. I guess if you're doing it for by choice, is it by choice? Yeah, it has nothing yeah. to do with like medical reasons. Yeah, Justin had no choice with the the ice. It's you get medical, ice, you get ice. It's you medical get, you're saying? No, it's just like I think it's just like for health and just, avoiding just stomach choose. avoiding stomach aches. I believe is something that comes with it. Okay. Well, yeah. I then yeah, you could splurge a little bit. I would if it was yeah. me. But if it becomes like an everyday thing and you claim you're still that. Fair. Very fair. Okay. Go ahead. Like like I would do it if you went out to a party, you were on vacation, you're at a wedding. But honestly, if I'm just hanging out with a couple of friends, I probably wouldn't do it. That's fair. But in this situation, that's fine. There were 15 people in an Airbnb celebrating a birthday. It's very hard to yeah. claim you don't drink, or it's very hard to claim you're vegan. It's very right. hard to claim you're gluten free. I don't drink so, that much. So in this case, you would get I a drink pass. A fair amount. You get a pass. Here. Get a pass. Yeah, I'm I'm Team Haley and Team Justin on this trip. They were fine eating their meat and their gluten. Um, I'm so certain that they're both just gonna perfectly. You want to celebrate? Yeah. I don't want to be that one person who doesn't like. It feels included. Absolutely. Based so, yeah. on what you've heard in this story, though, between Justin and Haley, who is more likely to stick to their diet routine going forward? Justin. Wow. He went out of his way wow. to get a gluten pizza while everybody was munching on regular pizza. That is just pizza. that is just insane. That's dedication right there. If you're telling me there's rumors that Haley ate hot dogs and she had some gyro meat. And I don't know about that. Like Justin seems pizza. like he's pizza. Exactly. Leather. Now you're telling me Justin went out of his way to get a frozen pizza. That's non-gluten. He's going to stick to it. I mean, they both might stick to it, but you asked me which one I think would be the more likely to, it would be Justin. Yeah. Part Meanwhile, of me. Thinks- Haley is watching this show and she hates my guts right now. <laughs> you know what? We're, we're men and women of the people. Okay, we're out here to tell stories and react to them accordingly. And that's exactly what we're doing. Part of me thinks in my life, I will dummy a meat lovers pizza of some sort with Haley at one point, or maybe some buffalo chicken pizza at a local um, pizza establishment in Chicago, Illinois. Um, Maybe a friendly Frank at a Cubs game when they're all rooting for the Cubs and I'm cheering for the other team that they're playing. Like, you know, those are just the things that happen. Yeah. Agree. I have a couple more things to share with you from the trip to Nashville. And then we're going to lose everyone, which sucks. 
Um, we need a I, podcast just for this. Yeah, literally, just to recap. Just anything. Event. Just talk about anything. Well, they were talking about starting a podcast, and I was like, I'm in. I'm I want to have a Big Brother podcast. That'd be fun. We'll get to Big Brother later in the show, period number three. If those of you tuning in do want to, you know, continue listening just to support us, um, you can do that, but you're not going to. Um, <laughs> there was a guy, okay? We're going to go by this guy's real name because I don't really care. Um, there was a guy named Mark, all right? And Mark played guitar. Mark was very good at guitar. He was probably the best player of an instrument that I witnessed in Nashville. And I am not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. Uh, Because I would actually love to shit on Mark. It'd be kind of funny. But Mark was... um, (laughs) We got a funny comment in the chat. Daniel's the worst. Oh, I thought we were talking about Big Brother. There's a couple Daniels out there that stink. Um can't wait to talk about that yeah for sure um but mark played guitar in a band um they were a rock country pop fusion Uh i guess you could say they had two singers a guitar player a bass player and a drummer and the (laughs) the male singer sang songs that are typically fronted by a male singer and the female singer um she sang songs that were typically fronted by a female singer. Now there were a couple exceptions, but they did a very good job. I think they were the best band we saw there. And it's not mutually exclusive that the reason they're the best band is because of Mark being the best player of an instrument. I saw they didn't have the best drummer. I saw they didn't have the best singer. I saw, but they definitely had the overall best sound of any band we saw. Okay. And Mark was a real friendly dude. He was wearing a shirt. You know how have you have ever seen like a death metal shirt, like a band shirt. Mm-hmm. Like they have that like unique design where like yeah. the letters are a certain way and there's colors all over the place. He had one of those um, for Celine Dion. It was a Celine Dion shirt designed to look like a death metal shirt. Like it had six, six, six in That's the middle. Cool, yeah. Um, we got people in the chat yelling at me for not mentioning Kelly Joe Crosby by name. Kelly Joe Crosby was the singer, the female singer of this band I'm talking about. Related um, to she, was actually, she was actually very good. And her last name is Crosby. I think of Sid. I love Sid. 87 favorite numbers. Definitely uh, Kelly Joe Crosby from Tuscaloosa, Alabama is not related to Sidney Crosby from halifax nova scotia that is just not okay they're not related <laughs> um <laughs> which is really funny to think about what about too. bing bing crosby well i'm pretty sure bing crosby's african-american oh, okay so i don't think they're related. kelly joe wasn't kelly joe was not okay um she definitely has a better chance of being related to Sidney crosby than bing crosby. <laughs> that i will give you all right that i will give you um Sydney's probably like three or four years older than her, though. So I don't I don't know about that. Um, but Mark, he was a charmer. He was a charmer. Um, he was a zaddy. Yeah, he was a zad. Is that how you say it? You're yeah, more zaddy. Hip, you're more hip than me. What is a zaddy? It's what is, like you know, like Hallie in the chat. Hallie, very different than Haley. 
what is she what is she uh you know like when women's like oh he's a daddy well it's just like a sexier way to say daddy like he's a zaddy like that's my zaddy you know what i mean yeah uh who's a zaddy in your opinion uh besides mark who are some of the players we talked about like in hockey who like are really good players oh, yeah, like, henrik lundquist Tyler like he'd be Spiegel. a zaddy yeah he'd do it yeah roman yossi for the oh National roman yossi yeah, yeah, roman yeah. Yossi's, it's funny the best, the biggest zaddy in the NHL probably does play for the Nashville Predators, and I do mean that. I think Roman Yossi's the hottest player in the NHL. You know, somebody who's good looking, got that charm to him. So you said he's very charming. So that's probably why she said he's a zaddy. Oh, you're gonna hear why he's charming in a minute. Uh oh, um, nervous. Yeah. So shout out to all the zaddies in the world. My number one zaddy in the world is Tom Brady. Um. <laughs> um. Miss Margaret went up to Mark and they had some words with each other. It looked like it was friendly. All of a sudden you see Mark and um, oh, Aldo in the chat. I'm about an hour away from being a grand zaddy. Let's go Aldo! Oh, yeah, Aldo. Woo! Woo! Aldo! Grand zaddy. Man, you were a zaddy. Congratulations. Before before becoming a grand zaddy, you were certainly a zaddy. There's no oh, yeah. doubt about that. Absolutely. Um, so Margaret and um, Mark, they exchanged phone numbers. And Mark is texting Margaret all weekend long, talking about you know stuff with the band. And he's going to play at this bar with this band later in the show or later in the weekend. And kind of flipping bands a little bit throughout the weekend because he's probably a hot commodity in Nashville. I mean, Frank, all joking aside, all storytelling aside, he was a great player. Like yeah. he, could, he, he could probably play He could probably play some Avenged Sevenfold songs. I mean that. Absolutely. And that's like highly skilled guitar playing right there. And he like, he was a charmer. I'm trying to think there's somebody out there that he looks like that you can probably think. I'll, I'll try to like think of a hockey player or something that looks like him. But all of a sudden, these two exchange, they're talking for a while, and all of the sudden, uh, Katie says he looks like Kevin. Oh, yeah, okay. I know who up. that is. You do? Okay. Yeah. I have no clue who that is, but I'm assuming he looks like He's Mark. a good-looking man. And if anybody in the chat wants to inform me on what Margaret and uh, Mark were talking about mostly, but I do know that there were some things that happened late in the night at one of the bars, Tootsie's, which is my favorite bar in Nashville these days that there were some people with some problematic opinions starting some problematic chants. If you know where I'm going with that, uh, you might've saw one of my snaps at one point. Um, and all of a sudden it kind of like became a turnoff and they were arguing about it in text message. And this guy's claiming he don't fall in line with that. And he's just trying to play some music. And the next night we go into a bar. Mm-hmm. And Mark is there playing with a new band. We didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know he was going to be there. He's a band hopper. He would not even look at Margaret. Didn't wow. even acknowledge her. Ghosted her on the text. Is Mark an asshole? Yeah, a little bit. I would say so. Go all in on Mark. Tell me your true feelings on Mark. He's not a zaddy. He's a piece of shit, apparently. Uh, I, I, have a better understanding if I was there hearing what all these chants were about 
But the fact, like, he's just not a man. That's all. If he can't even look at Margaret. I mean, he just needs to grow a pair of balls. All right. I do believe they resumed texting after we left the trip. It just so, seems like that's just not a relationship to keep. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Margaret lives in Chicago and Buddy lives in <laughs> Buddy Nashville. Right? I assume he lives in Nashville or not far from it. Um, a lot of the performers there were from all over the place in the deep south and whatever. Like, you know, some of them were from actual Nashville. I brought up Kelly Joe Crosby, who was from uh, Alabama. So yeah. there was a really good time. I'm trying. I feel like, oh, Nashville hot chicken. Mm. Frank, we went to the two most popular Nashville hot chicken places. I had been to one of them in years prior in my trip to Nashville, Hattie B's. Mm-hmm. But I tried Prince's for the first time. And you kind of came to my mind a little bit while we were eating Nashville hot. Um, I feel honored. I, I, you should feel honored because I know you like to try new things. I know you like to rank things. I know you're not – you like spicy food, but you're not the most into, like, handling the heat, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you're not going, like, super, super hot. No, right. But I want a little kick. Yeah, and I think you would really like Nashville hot chicken as long as you kept it to mild or maybe hot. Like you probably wouldn't do damn hot or shut the cluck up. I didn't do shut the cluck up this trip just because um, I didn't feel like melting my face off. And if I would have had a big group of people when I went, I would have. But it was just two of us when we went there. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to know one day what your thoughts are on Nashville hot chicken because it was very, very good. Yeah, I would try it, of course. Um, I assume it's like a buffalo type. It's just a hot sauce that's on it, right? Because I'm not the biggest fan of just like hot sauce on chicken and that's it. That's why I don't order like buffalo wings or if I'm going to like buffalo wild wings or wing stop, I'm not going to get like a mild sauce because I want a sauce with like a little bit more of a different type of flavor, like a barbecue. That's why I'm a big barbecue guy. I would try the Nashville hot, but do they have like other options as well? Um, No, I mean, it's just the different heat variations of. Okay. Like the Nashville hot chicken. Okay. Um, I'm trying to get the complete story on Mark here. Nobody is fully engaging on why I actually need to hate Mark. Um, out of those four stories, though, cheating, leaving early, Giro truck obsession, and Mark, rank them from funniest to least funny. Funniest to least funniest. Um, the least funniest was the gyro truck. There's nothing funny about it. I mean, it's just a, it's just an obsession. Like I just that's amazing. I wouldn't laugh at it. I would just enjoy every second I had of it. So that was obviously the least funniest. Uh, the next one would have to be. I'm working my way from bottom top. Yeah. Okay. So then the next one after that. Um. Probably the leaving early. Okay. And then Mark and then the cheating. Because that's just, that's kind of hilarious that that happened. The cheating story, I think, was the highlight story. Yeah. That was the funniest. And then it'd be the most devastating if it being a part of that story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Frank, at the center of Nashville, though, is the Bridgestone Arena. Mm hmm. And the Bridgestone Arena is the home of your 
Nashville Predators. Do you think they're going to be a good team this season? Better than last year. Wow. I don't think they're. I don't think. Uh, think they'll be better than last year. But I don't think they're going to be. Uh, I guess if they're better than last year, they'd be elite. I was going to say they're not going to be elite. But elite is like that holds a special place in my heart when I say a team's elite. So I don't think they're going to be elite, but I think they'll be a great team, better than last year. They finished fifth in the Central last year. Um, they got to move up just based on their acquisitions and their offseason moves, and they can't get any worse. They'll be better than the Hawks. They'll be better than the Coyotes. They should be better than the Jets. I see. I could see them jumping maybe the Wild or the Blues, but they're not going to be better than Colorado, I don't think. I don't think they're going to have that elite status. See, I do. And I don't think they're going to win the cup or anything like that. I don't even think they're a top three team in the Western conference, but they're one of those teams that has like a 5% chance to win the cup, which is a lot in my opinion. And they're going to be good. I mean, they lost to the Stanley cup champions in the first round. Like if they played against anybody else, they might've won a series. Right. And Nashville, I'm trying to think, okay, you nailed it. They're better than Arizona. They're better than Chicago. They're better than Winnipeg. I think they're better than Dallas. I might get catch some debate on yeah, that. I don't know. Right I don't know. I'm not right convinced now, yet. Maybe. Okay, that's fine. Right now, I would put them ahead of Dallas. Right now, I would put them ahead of St. Louis, especially if St. Louis trades Tarasenko, which is still possible. Um, Who else am I missing in the Central the Division? Oh, I think they're better than the Minnesota Wild right now. And the Avalanche. Uh, not better than the Avalanche. Okay. I mean, no. Nobody's better than the They're going to win the Central Division, in my opinion. But the reason I think they're better than the Wild right now is because the Wild have Parisi and Suter hitting their cap at $5 million each this upcoming season. They had to let go of Fiala for essentially nothing. And, you know, I think for one year, while those two guys are hitting their cap, they're just going to, they're going to be like what Nashville was last year. They're going to be like a good team, not an elite team. Last year, the Wild were an elite team. They were. Which is why I think they're going to be better than last year. Who? The Predators. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I think they, they have a chance to jump over Minnesota or the Blues or any of those teams. But I, I still wouldn't consider them elite. Elite is like, you're elite, you're good. You're freaking amazing. They're not going to be freaking amazing. They'll, like, if you win a playoff series, you're not elite to me. Like, there were only a handful of elite teams last year. You're one of the final eight if you win. I wouldn't even consider Calgary elite last year. Really? No, like elite, you're like. All right, then we have different definitions of elite. Like to me, the top eight are elite. And then there's like super elite, right? Like the teams who are favorites to win the cup. Colorado. To me, elite is just the top. Yeah. If there was an above team, I said this many times while the Stanley Cup playoffs were still going on. So I'm not just saying this because they won the cup. I said Calgary is or Colorado is that next step above an NHL team. It was just insane. And so if there was an above elite, they would be the only team in there. Okay. See, I think there are like there are Stanley Cup favorites. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, Florida, um, Colorado, and I think going into next year, Vegas. Um, then there are Stanley Cup contenders. Nashville, Pittsburgh, um, Boston for a lot of these years. 
Uh, see, so that's I guess it's just kind of how we look at it. But we both agree that the Nashville Predators are going to be a very good team, a very fun team to watch. Yeah, I'd say minimum they finish fourth, max second. In the Central? Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, like, max is second because I don't think anybody's taken down Colorado. If Dallas finishes ahead of them, I wouldn't be stunned. And if Minnesota finishes ahead of them, I wouldn't be stunned. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're going to at this current juncture. Which, yeah, so minimum fourth. Yes, minimum fourth. Which They'll makes be better it better than, than last year. Yep. And last year they had a great season. They were like, what, no 15 doubt. games over 500? So no doubt. They had and, 45 wins. And they proved a lot of people wrong because they were like, they were about to fire John Hines on January 1st. And don't forget, they, they got Niederreiter, McDonough, yep. which is going to help them improve from last year. So they only got better. The roster only got better. Yep. And being a Blackhawks guy, you're going to laugh at me for saying this. But I think adding Kevin Lincoln in helps them too. Oh my God. Be- that dude stinks. Okay. He stinks in your brain. He's fine as a backup. He's, he's fine as a backup. Fine. He's better than fine as a backup, Frank. He played on that dog shit Hawks team that couldn't defend. I know, but he's okay. Just... Instead of Eric Gustafson and Connor Murphy as his top pair in front of him, it's going to be freaking Roman Yossi and Ryan McDonough. Okay, Kevin Lane is about bad to be... moves though, or bad. He's let up some soft goals. That's fine. He has. He's a backup. Okay, that's the difference between starters and backups, right? But Nashville lost Soros in the first round last year, and that made it where they couldn't even win a damn game against Colorado. And what if that happens again? They're I not going to win like, with Lankinen. No, they're not going to win with Lankinen, but they can win a game with Lankinen. Well, anybody can win a game. with The Hawks won games with Lankinen. I'm talking in the playoffs against the Avalanche. Oh, I don't know. I don't think he would. No shot. I, I don't know, Frank. He'd give them a better chance than whoever their damn backup was when Soros went down last year. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong there. That's part of the reason. And they'll have maybe two or three extra wins based on what's going on. I I just, uh, that's just the way I see it. I think having a decent backup goaltender makes you an extra three or four win team. That's just how I look at it. And then the additions of Ryan McDonough and, you know, need Do they get 50 wins? No. So, yeah, then I wouldn't consider them elite. No, 50 wins is like. I mean, they had 45 last year. Yeah, I'm thinking like 48, 49 range. 50, okay, maybe. I don't want to just give a cop-out maybe answer, though. That's no fun. If they get like 110 points or something ridiculous, I'd consider them elite. 110 is a lot. It's a lot. Today, these days. But think about it. 45 wins. I don't know how many OTLs they have, so that'd be 90 points plus whatever OTL. They were almost at 100. I think they broke 100, actually. I think, yeah. So, yeah. So it wouldn't be that big of a step up. Yeah, and if you win a hundred, if you have a hundred points in the NHL, you're a cup contender, in yeah. my opinion. You yeah. are yeah. Or ninety-nine even. Like the Kings had ninety-nine. Everybody acted like they were dog meat going into the playoffs. I Listen, agree. There's a reason they like put up a good fight against the Oilers. Yeah. And you know, so like they're contenders and then super contenders. And I think we both would if we labeled it that way, we would both consider the Preds a very good team. I'm trying to think, like, what would they need to push them over the edge to be, like, with the Lightning, with – because they never – you can't say they need, like, a superstar, like a Crosby or a McDavid. They made it to the Stanley Cup final when their best forward was Ryan Johansson, okay? Now they have Johansson and Philip Forsberg and Nino Niederreiter and uh, Mikhail Granlund. Um, I feel like I'm missing a big one. 
I don't know, but Roman Yossi on the back end, this version of him, that makes getting it, McDonough helps too because yeah. yep. you can't just have Roman Yossi on the defensive end. Yes, and their D still pretty good. I know Ellis is gone, but they still have Matias Ekholm, don't they? Yeah, He's a really good player. Um, before, he was a top twenty D. I think they could upgrade in goaltending. Saros is a great goalie, but I mean, there are better out there, in my opinion. I think that they could do better. But it's just me. Soros is a top five goalie. I don't know. I mean, he had a he had a great year last year, but like he nominated for the Vezina Trophy. But look at the years previous. Like I I don't consider somebody a great goalie if you do it one year. He learned under Pekka Rinne, and took over the reins when it was time. Look at how good Bennington was when they won the cup. Do you like Bennington? Do you think he's a great goalie? He's a good goalie, but he's not great. I never considered him a top five goalie. See, but a lot of people did because he was like hot that season. And like people were drafting him in early in fantasy. People were so highly of him. I mean, just because he won the cup. I mean, yeah, everybody could have that one good year, but I just, I haven't seen it from Saros. And as coming from a Hawks fan, I've seen a lot of Saros play against the Hawks. And it's like, obviously Pecorine was the better of the two in their prime. And Saros played as a backup for most of his career. But then when he got the spotlight, he was starting to do good, but he wasn't always consistent. And I just think that there are better goaltenders out there that suit the team more. But I mean, we'll see. This year will be a huge telling for, for Nashville Predators fans, for the franchise. If the Predators finish worse than they did last year and Saros is having a bad, bad year, I'm kind of out on him because I think they could do better. I just I see him having a downswing in his career. Maybe that's a bold prediction. The last year he came in third for the Vezina Trophy. The year what before about that, the year before, the year before that he came in sixth, and he had a better year. In 2020-21, he had a 9.27 save percentage. His save percentage has never been below 9.14 in his entire you career, know, and you know league average a, is 9.08. Do you know who's a better example too? Another great goalie, but they're just not getting it done. At least not on the team. Is Hellebuck. Yeah, Hellebuck won the Vezina Trophy. I know he's a great, but he's just not getting it done on the team. And I, I that's kind of like the thing I feel with the Predators. Like if Saro moved on or was on a different team, I think he'd shine a little bit more. It, it, it's same with like Lincoln, and you said with the Hawks, he wasn't the best with the Hawks, but he he has more of an opportunity with the Predators to be better. And I just for some reason I just have that feeling with Saros. I don't know. I just don't think he's the fit for this team. You might be right in the end, but that's that's the first thing we've said that we disagree on this whole show. He went 38-25-3 last year. He had a save percentage of 918 and a goals against average of 264. Um, third place for the Vezina Trophy. Uh, sixth the year before. How did he come in third last year, but sixth the year before? The year before was significantly better. He had the year before a 2.28 goals against average and a 927 save percentage. Uh, he actually long? he finished he finished eleventh for the Hart Trophy that year. Offhand, do you know how much he makes per year? Um, no, but I can find that out. Find that out incredibly quickly just by going to one Is of he my cheap. Uh, as of right now, he's definitely cheap. So he, then, yeah, then it's a perfect fit for right now. He's getting he's gonna, get a, he's gonna get a raise with his next contract if he keeps putting up top six Vesna Trophy finishes, though. I'm trying to find it. Where are the damn? Does he make less than five mil? Would you say? Uh, I'm gonna go with no. If he makes five mil or less, the Predators got a perfect system going on because they're getting him for an absolute steal and for I think that's perfectly for what he's worth right now. 
He makes five mil on the dot. Okay, so yeah. So if I'm in the Predators' sh uh, shoes, yeah, I'm not looking for a goaltender because we could suffice with a goaltender like him. I think he's a great goaltender. Um, I think that he could help the franchise win, but I don't think he's the right goaltender to win the Stanley Cup for them. And making five mil, you don't have to make any moves because that's a steal for his caliber. I'm stunned to be hearing this from you. This just shitting on UC Sorrow. I'm not shitting on him. I said he's a great goaltender. He's worth the five million. I said that he's going to help the franchise win. You don't think he's elite? I don't think he's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. I don't think I don't think he has what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. Wow. See, to me, I'm not going to pick him to win the cup because of his team. But then again, anybody can win the cup. Yeah, so, I mean, he's anybody. better than Darcy Kemper. <laughs> okay. He is he, better than Darcy Kemper. And he's better than freaking Bennington. He's, he's better. Yeah, better, I agree. He's better than Matt Murray. I agree. But you're saying all these players that have been down Mark on there. Crawford never had a season with a 927 save percentage. Never. See, I don't know. I'd say Crawford's better than him. I would say non-biased, just based on no, the career. And Crawford just like, had a better career. There's no way Saros will live up to the career of Crawford. No, never. I get He's not going to win multiple Stanley Cups. I know, I know. But the one year? I can't base it off on the one year, though. No, I know. It, to me, to best represent a guy, you got to look at a guy's five best years. Yeah. And the last okay. two the last two will go in that when it's all said and done for UC Saros. So it's going to be a, a good year. Um, One thing that is non-debatable is Roman Yossi. Oh, I, I love Roman Yossi as much as I like. don't like the – he's my favorite player on their roster. Yeah, me too. He's the captain. I'm surprised none of the girls – I don't know if any of them are still left in the chat. If you are, say hello. But none of them pointed out this guy. There are pictures of him all over the place, and he's just so hot. Yeah, he. if I were to get a jersey from the Predators, that would be the jersey I get. It would be a Roman yeah. Yossi jersey. Absolutely. He's a, Now, he's elite. We're talking about elite? That man. Yeah. I mean, they had a top three nominee for. They had the third place Vesna Trophy winner, and the second place Norris Trophy winner. Don't get and, me wrong. Last oh, year, Saros was elite. I'll admit that, but I don't know career wise if he's an elite goalie. He's got two elite years in a row. You're looking for a third. I get. He's got to prove it. Yeah. Now, if he stays this year, like I said, even if the team, if they can make that jump, maybe get 50 wins, and yeah, they're an elite team, and I, maybe I'll change my tune on him. I have nothing against the guy. I, I know. I know you don't. Uh, two Finnish goalies too, and Pekarine was Finnish. Nashville loves pumping out the Finnish goalies. Don't forget though, last year, the two years ago, I guess, was the first year he was a starter. Mm -hmm. You know, Rene retired. He took over the starter. Starts coming in sixth and third for the Vesna Trophy. And that's big, getting to play behind Pecorino. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he'll probably go to the Hall of Fame. Pecorino? Yeah. Yeah, he should. Saros is on track, too. He's young, but yeah, we'll see. Saros has a career 920 save percentage. A if nine he does what he does last year, then yeah, every year? Yeah, for yeah. at least the next, like, four or five. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So that's the Nashville Predators. Um, there. Oh, I wanted to mention Akira Askarov, their goalie prospect. Mm -hmm. He's a Russian kid. He might end up being Saros's backup, and eventually the starter once Saros becomes a backup again in his mid to late thirties or whatever. Um, or I could see Nashville trading him, uh, not Saros, uh, Askarov. Uh, or they could trade Saros, kind of like the Stars traded Ben Bishop, while, or the Lightning traded Ben Bishop while he was still elite 
and pumped in Vasilevsky, like a similar situation could be developing in Nashville where like, we'll still trade Saros while he's elite to put this Askarov kid in. I wanted the Hawks to draft him really bad. Really? Askarov was in their system right now. I think the future would be looking even brighter and Nashville swooped in and got him a couple picks before the Hawks were able to come on the clock. I'm not sure they would have, but I mean, they didn't have Drew Camesso yet. Um, Askarov has a higher ceiling than both Camesso and um, drawing a blank on the other Swedish kid's name. Soderblom. Soderblom. Both of them have high ceilings, but not as high as Askarov. And so that's my Nashville Predators talk. You know what it is about the Predators before you switch gears, which I think the biggest problem is for me, is that what makes Tampa so good? If Kucherov is out, they're still going to win, right? What make If Vasilevsky's out, they're probably still going to win. You look at what made Colorado so, Colorado so good. McKinnon's out. They're still going to score a lot of goals. Kale McCarr's out, but they got McKinnon and Rantanen and Landeskog and everybody. They're still going to win. have other defensemen that could step in. Taves, Gerard. Right, right. You look at the Predators. If Before this year, if Yossi was out, who's going to step in? You got McDonough now, which helps. If Soros is out long-term, you're not going to win with Lincoln in long-term. It's just not going to happen. It helps Niederreiter on the offensive end. That helps a ton, having him. But, like, if one of those guys go down, they don't have the core that Colorado does, Tampa does. It's just worrisome because you know how hard it is to be an Ironman like Phil Kessel or Keith Yandel and just not miss many games throughout a whole year and just not be plagued with injuries. It's very tough. That's my biggest fear for them and why I don't think they're that team is because they just don't have enough depth on their current roster. That's fair. Um, I like that they're kind of the old wild reincarnated with Grandland and Warrider. I think Forsberg is incredibly skilled. I'd like to see him produce a little more with his skill. But like every goal he scores is pretty. So, oh, and they have uh, Philip Tomasino, who they took in the first round a couple years ago. He had a really good rookie year this year. So we'll see what he's able to do in his second year. Before we get off Nashville, the Titans were the number one seed in the NFL this year. Are you with me in thinking they don't even make the playoffs this year? They're going to take a huge step back. Huge. I think so, too. Oh, my God. Two years in a row, the number one seed. They deserve respect. Yeah, I've never been high up on the Titans. I'm not a fan of Ryan Tannehill. Maybe that's because I had a sour taste in my mouth when he was with the Dolphins, and he sucked, but... I don't know. I don't know how this team has been so good. Derrick Henry obviously helps a ton. Um, they had Julio Jones. Um, I'm just, they're going to take a step back. If they missed the playoffs, wouldn't be surprised. If they made the playoffs as a wild card, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe. I just don't know how they continue to win with this roster. They've done nothing. I look at their current roster. It's Derrick Henry, Tannehill, and then a whole bunch of other fillers who are like, okay, their offensive line, their offensive line and defensive line. No, you don't recognize their names. No. You never do, but they're elite. Yeah, I just I don't know. I yeah, I don't know many of their names, but their offense is just I don't understand. They rely a lot on running the ball. I don't think Tannehill is an elite passer by any means. Um, but Derrick Henry is an elite running back, so they rely on him a little bit more. I just I just there's no way they come in first. Plus, they have a first place schedule. They're playing yep. a first-place schedule, which is going to be uh, t- 
tough to do when you're not a first place team. Um, so yeah, they're going to take a huge step back. Probably not going to make this playoffs, but we'll see. Yeah. So what I was getting, like, they have this great offensive and defensive line, right? You don't know their names because like, you never know those guys' names. You just right. know, you either know a team's offensive line is good or you know a team's offensive line is bad. And same thing with the defense. Uh, but you never really like know their names, right? right. Unless you're like a true diehard of the team. Like I know most of the Bears players on the offensive line, but like I love Tampa Bay. I watch pretty much every one of Tom's games in his career. And I I don't really know every single person's name blocking for him. You just know the unit is good. Um Skyler makes a really good point. Tannehill's an average quarterback for me. AFC is so stacked. Also, that is also a Titans issue. Um Tannehill is an average quarterback. He would be the best quarterback in Bears history, but that never says much to me. Um, he's a good game manager. Okay. He's like Jimmy G. I believe you can win with guys like that. You can get to championship games, maybe have a, a Super Bowl appearance here and there. Uh, they keep losing in the first round, which is different than Jimmy G and the 49ers for sure. But um, his last point is what resonates with me. The AFC is probably as stacked as it has been since I've been watching football. I mean, who was elite in the NFC? The Bucks and the Rams? Maybe the Packers and Vikings if they have, like, really good years, but I don't see it. None of, the, none of the teams – oh, that's my hottest take. Oh, my God. The Vikings will win the NFC North. That is – you're on glue. Um, Place your bets while the value's high. It's only going to decrease as the season goes on. I'd rather just light it on fire. All right. Um, I don't think they're going to be elite, but I don't think Green Bay is going to be elite, especially if Bakhtiari's out for the whole year and – Rodgers, like, uh, like Bakhtiari is their second best player. Kirk Cousins can't win big games though. But he, you don't have to win big games to look, win in the regular his, season. But look at his career against teams above five hundred. Like it is so bad. He's I got know. like three wins. Yeah, it's like really bad. He's like but, in those key games. He's so bad. But who's the second place team in the NFC East that they're going to play? The freaking Cowboys? No, the Eagles. They could beat the Eagles. Uh, the Saints, they'll kill the Saints, in my opinion. I don't think the Saints are going to be that good. Uh, they might struggle with, you know, whoever came in second in the NFC West because it's probably the 49ers, right, or the Cardinals. It was either the 49ers or the Cardinals, one of the two. The Rams won it. Um, they'll kill the Bears twice. They'll kill the Lions twice, and I think they split against the Packers. Boom, you're the NFC North champion. Uh, that's just how I see it. And the Packers are going to have to play the Rams. Packers are going to have to play the Buccaneers. The Packers are going to have to play the Cowboys. Okay. And I think the Cowboys, the Packers will kill the Cowboys. But, you know, that's just kind of, I think it's going to be a dogfight for the NFC North at the top. And, you know, that I see Cousins. I think Cousins is way better than Tannehill. Way better. Like, it, it's really not even close for me. Tannehill's, like, in that wow. 18 to 21 range. Cousins is in, like, that 13 to 15 range. I'm a little surprised. Like, people shit on Cousins. Then you go look at his stats, and it's like, well, he completes 34% of his passes and throws for 4,000 yards every season. The Bears have literally never had a 4,000-yard passer. I'm like, okay, can we stop shitting on Kirk Cousins, please? Maybe if we stop shitting on Kirk Cousins, the football gods will stop taking a shit down the Bears' throats. You know? Like he'd be their best quarterback ever. And it wouldn't really be close. Kirk cousins, is a significantly better career than Jay Cutler. Okay. And he won big games in Washington. He got to Minnesota paid a little bit, you know, you remember the, you like that though. 
You like that? You like that? When he was with, when he was with the Washington, uh, I think they were still the R words back then. Um, yeah, it was really funny, really funny stuff. He he wins a big game and then he's walking back into the clubhouse. He looks directly in the camera. I know Skyler knows what I'm talking about, and he goes, "You like that? You like that?" It, and it was just replayed. And then he oh. had the he had the clip where he went, He's just he's just a f- weird dude. But the, as far as the Titans, to me, the best team in the AFC South is the Indianapolis Colts. That's my pick to win that division. Not the Colts debate again. You could debate me on the Colts all you want. Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Who's one in the AFC South. Uh, Frank, you're going to not good with these divisions. You're going to agree with me when you hear who's in the freaking division. It's the Houston Texans, uh-huh. the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, and the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, the I mean, Colts will make the playoffs this year. The Titans, the Titans might be a wild card team because they got four against the Texans and Jaguars. Okay, that's four wins they should have. They're ahead of the curve. That's why they were the one seed the last two years. Okay, no disrespect. You're the one seed. You still won some other games to earn the one seed, but you were just dealt a little bit better of a hand in terms of your um in terms of your schedule. I agree with Skyler. The Colts are my pick for the AFC South. We'll come up with our picks for every division in a, probably within the next two episodes because the season's really gonna yeah. start getting going here. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm excited about it. So, you know, we got some hockey to talk about really quick, though, Frank, before we get into the fun bit of the show. And we are going to do that in period number two. Oh, welcome to period two. Skylar did point out, ooh, we at the in the chat. Ooh-wee. He went, ooh, we. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, you got to Google Kirk Cousins being a weirdo. Um, <laughs> Frank, the Boston Bruins kind of taken over the headlines over the last week or so by getting contracts done with three of their players. Uh, we'll start with the captain, Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron, one-year deal. What do you make of it? It's glad If I'm a Bruins fan, uh, I'd be happy to have him back. I wouldn't want to see him go. Patrice Bergeron's one of the best centers of my generation. Um, I He's a monster at the faceoff dot. I just, he's getting older. The one year contract makes me assume that he's going to call it quits after the season. Um, I mean, he's played, well, this will be what, his 19th season. Um, I don't think he's going to play for a different team. If he wanted a lengthier contract, he probably would have taken a two to three year deal. But he, he ended up sufficing with just the one. It makes it seem like it's the end of the line for him after this year. And he wants to give it one last go with this core of Bruins. Who do you think is the next captain? Um, I think there's one legit answer. I'd like to hear Joey's opinion on this. Pasta? Nope. I don't know. I'd have to look at the roster. I think McAvoy is the next captain. Could be. I could see it. I could see it. That's my pick. Pasta would be bad. No, but I think Marshan gets it over Pasta. Yeah, you could be right. But I don't know for sure. I mean, it all depends on who shows the most. But I know McAvoy has like a pedigree of being a leader prior to his arrival with the Bruins. Every other place he went, he was a captain. The same can't be said for every player. There are just some guys that you know are like captain material 
Like when the Devils drafted Hughes, I never once thought he would be their captain. Mm-hmm. But when they drafted Heischer, that's a captain, right? Like that's he was the captain of the Swiss and mm-hmm. the Halifax Mooseheads. Jack might have been the captain of like the USA junior team because he was the best player. But like, you know, he was if he was ever the captain, it would be the same reason Patrick Kane was a captain. Right. You know, but like Taves is a captain. He sure is a captain. Every now and then you get like the best player on the team is also the captain, like Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid, stuff like that. But Bergeron, we're happy to have you back in the NHL. And speaking of being back in the NHL, David Krejci signed a one-year deal with the Boston Bruins. He's back. He did not play last season. What do you make of it? It's kind of got similar vibes to Bergeron. Once again, a one-year deal worth $1 million. That's a steal. He didn't play last year. might be a little rusty, but he's another player I can't see playing in the NHL for anyone other than the Bruins. He played. Not in the NHL, though. Not in the NHL. Which is different. It's completely different. Um, But again, one year, one million. It's just, it seems like it's the end of the line for him, too. It's like the Bruins are, it's almost like the Bruins, this is their farewell tour with their core, right? We all think the Bruins are going to take a step down, maybe not this year after having Bergeron and Krejci, and you still got Marshan, Pasta, McAvoy. You still got those guys. You still got a good chunk of your core. It's like the Bruins are trying to make a statement. We're going to make a one-year deal for Bergeron, one-year deal for Krejci, and we're going to try and make this final push with this core before it's time to take a step back. And it's also... We don't know how these players are going to fare with Montgomery as the head coach. So that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I was leaning towards not having the Bruins make the playoffs. Marshan, Grizzlick, and McAvoy are all out for like multiple months, which is hard. But, I mean, David Krejci was a very good offensive player in the regular season, and then he gets better in the playoffs have you ever compared the two numbers no like if his numbers in the playoffs were his regular season numbers he'd be going to the hall of fame i mean he led them in scoring and route to what three cups Mm -hmm. i mean he just figures it out in the playoffs his style fits it perfectly and it's going to be interesting to see i'm excited to watch the bees though because they got bergeron krejci fully back one-year deal um I'm happy to have David Krejci back in the league. He's been a fun player to watch for a long time. It almost feels like, though, this is it. This is the farewell tour. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Bergeron signs a couple one-year deals in a row, like Chara did at the end of his Bruins tenure. Like It just feels like the Bruins thing. But with each one-year deal, you'll wonder, is this it? Yeah. Is this it? You know, Could he have one more after this year? Maybe. But we'll see. They. Weren't done with those two centers either. Pavel Zaka got a contract extension after being acquired from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Eric Halla. What do you think? Once again, you got, I mean, it's not farewell for him, but again, you get that one year deal at three and a half million. With all these one year deals, kind of scare me because at the end of the year, it's like, all right, we got to go through the same process again. Um, Zaka will definitely fit in, he'll help the Bruins, especially with all the injuries that have plagued them. Uh, so far that going into this year, um, he'll be a huge help to them. And I think that's what they need right now. Yeah. I am sour towards Pavel Zaka. He wasn't very good for the devils. They took him sixth overall. There were many players that went after him that were significantly better. Matt Barzell, uh, Miko Rantanen, 
Zach Wierenski, Ivan Provorov, all these players that the Devils could have had, and they chose Pavel Zaka instead. It was a dumb decision. It was a bad draft pick, and hopefully he's able to find – I don't hate Pavel Zaka. It's not his fault he was taken sixth overall. Um, There were people saying that before an injury, he was supposed to go second to McDavid, and then he fell to the Devils at six. Uh, He was never going lower than Eichel once Eichel did what he did at BU, but like he was in serious consideration for Arizona to take third before they took Strom. And, man, I freaking wish they did because that would have left one of Strom, Marner, or Hannafin, or Provorov, or Wierenski, or one of those. Because literally every player that went around, he's the only bust in the top ten. I'm pretty sure he's the only bust in the top ten of that draft. People are going to look back. People already look back at the 2003 draft and call it the greatest draft in the history of the NHL. It might be the greatest draft in the history of the four big sports. Um. I think the 2015 draft is going to give it a run for its money and with McDavid and Eichel and Hannafin and Marner and Wierenski, uh I don't think that freaking the Devils are going to look at it very fondly at all because Pavel Zaka, I don't know, but I wish him luck with the bees. Um, he'll probably fit in a little bit better there. Krejci's back, mm-hmm. which is a Czech friend to – help them get acclimated to the Bruins. Um, maybe that's the reason they traded for Zaka because they maybe they feel they can unlock something. But that's the thing. The Devils have Patrick Elias at the practice facility every single day, and he's the second-best Czech player of all time behind Jager, who also played for the Devils. So I, I don't think the Czech thing is much of an excuse for Zaka. He just needs to go there and play his game. I agree. Um, one of... I don't know if he's one of your favorite players, but he's definitely a commonly talked about favorite player on this podcast. Max Pacioretty is going to miss the first half of the 2022-23 season with a torn Achilles. That is a huge blow to the Carolina Hurricanes. Absolutely. I love Max Pacioretty. He's uh, not many people remember back on the Canadians. He was a leader. And with this young Carolina team, I think leadership is something that they could use right now. Um, also, if I read you some of his stats, so in 2020-2021, in 48 games, he had 51 points, which is more than point per game. And then in 2021-2022, he only played 39 games, but he had 37 points. So you virtually virtually got a point-per-game player here. And losing that for the Carolina Hurricanes is like, that's a huge loss. That's just something you don't want to see. I'm a big fan of his. I was on the Canadians, I was on the Knights, and I will be on the Carolina Hurricanes, and I just wish him a speedy recovery. I believe he was the first American captain in the history of the Montreal Canadiens. That sounds right. Right? Doesn't yeah, it? I, I feel like I've heard that news. Because like the Canadians right. are very like... In- and don't you have to have a, a coach that speaks French? They like to. Yeah. They like to. Um, I don't like that personally. To me, that's kind of like, like if you could coach, you should be able to coach no matter where. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't have to be able to speak French to the media and you shouldn't have to be able to speak English to the media. It's not an English versus French thing. It should be a, Hey, I'm the best person to coach this job kind of thing mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, the New York I- Rangers named Jacob Truba to be their next captain leaving guys like Chris Kreider, who to me was the favorite. I would have put all my money on Chris Kreider being their captain. Because like I said, it's not always the best player. Okay, Kreider had 50 goals last year. He's not their best player. Excuse me, Panarin is. 
Okay, and Zabanajad's better than Kreider too, and so is Fox. So is their goalie, but the goalies aren't allowed to be captains. Mm-hmm. What the H are the Rangers doing with Truba as their captain? I don't know. I mean, I didn't hate it when I heard about it. Um, I think he kind of earned it over his career. Um, I don't really follow Truba's game a lot, so I'm, I can't sit here and be like, this is why I think they chose him to be captain or whatnot. I mean, I wasn't, like you said, I kind of wasn't expecting it to happen to be Truba. But, I mean, there's not much else. I, I don't follow him a lot. I, there's nothing really else I could say. All I know is that he seems like the type of guy that's not going to let the captain patch change who he is. Where sometimes when captaincy is on your mind and you have that extra power, you kind of like change your game and change who they are. So maybe that was something that went into mind. Like, what, would that happen with Kreider? I don't know. I wouldn't think so, but maybe that was one of their the reasons of making the decision. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I'm looking at their list of defensemen. He's their third best defenseman. Fox is better. Keandre Miller is better. There are people that probably think Schneider is better too. And there might even be people that think Lindgren are better. Uh, so he's either their third or fourth best defenseman. Clearly it's a leadership thing. Mm-hmm. I just think Chris Kreider's the longest tenured Ranger. He's been a leader. He's had an A. Okay. And you could tell if a guy's a leader without being the captain if they have an A. They're they're respected enough to get the A. And I'm I am stunned that Truba's their captain. I'm not hating on Truba. I'm stunned that he was picked over Kreider. And I thought they would like maybe wait another year for Fox if they were gonna give it to somebody not named Kreider. Mm-hmm. Right, like now, I think for sure Fox is the next captain of the Rangers. Yeah, it won't be Kreider. Yeah, it won't be Kreider, and I don't think it'll be Zabanajad, and I don't think it'll be Panarin. No. So well, Panarin will never get it. I don't think he mean, just doesn't have that captain S. Yeah, he's not. A, yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of the Carolina Hurricanes, though, a couple lines ago, Martin Nietzsche, two years, six million, three million cap hit, pretty good contract. Yeah, I was going to say that contract fits him perfectly, I think. Um, $3 million a year. Is he a top six forward? Maybe he could. He's got to really prove himself, though. because He's, he's really a big. middle six forward. Yeah, but could he be a top forward? Maybe. He could be a top six yeah. if he improves his game. He's like right on the border, in my opinion, from being a middle to top. It's like there's a fine line there. Right now he's below it, but if he proves himself, he could be a top six forward, which is why a $3 million per year average is perfect. Once again, this Carolina Hurricanes team, I think is going to be good. It'll help when they get Pax ready back. Nick is two years, 6 million. I also think being on this team may bring out the best of him too. So. Absolutely. I saw him play in the Calder cup final. <laughs> I went to all state arena and watched the Chicago wolves play against the Charlotte checkers mm-hmm. and Nietzsche's was on. Yeah. Huh? This year? No. Oh. In 2019. I forget who the Wolves played in the championship this year. They lost. The Wolves lost the championship the year I went. And uh, he was on the Charlotte Checkers. Uh-huh. And so I saw him play before he even made it to the NHL. And he made an impact. That's sick. Charlotte Checkers won that game and the series over the Chicago Wolves. So I like this guy. Would you like to address Thomas Gages's comment? <laughs> it just, I'll, I'll leave it to you it just seems like that every time thomas gage joins the chat 
He's got to pick a fight with somebody, make some nasty comments. He hates Marvel. He hates fun. And he's just, he's shitting on Skyler for no reason. We're, we're not just talking about hockey. At the time we were talking about football, it was very respectable to comment, right? Like, like if you're not here and you come in and see comments, just shut up. Just be quiet. It's clearly Skyler put three straight comments about football. Do you think he's just commenting football while me and Frankie are over here talking about the Canadians? Okay, Thomas Gage? No. We were talking about football when Skyler made those comments. Be smarter than that. Be this smarter man. than that. I swear. Nazem Kadri signed a deal with the freaking New York Islanders. He was with um, Lou Lamorello with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then Lou traded him. I be- did he trade him to Col- yeah he traded him to Colorado for Alexander Kerfoot and draft picks, and then Lou left or no it might what it might have not been Lou that traded him, actually, Lou definitely had him though, with Toronto. And, you know, he had those years where he got suspended in the playoffs, and then he went to Colorado, cleaned up his game a little bit, ended up in the Stanley Cup final, ended up winning the Stanley Cup, being a huge part of it. Now he's back with Lou and the New York Islanders. I think it's a great move for them. They are going to be a playoff team this year, in my opinion. I was going to say this podcast, I was stunned that we still have not heard any news about Kadri. But it's about time. I know we talked about it the past couple weeks that, the Islanders were a potential match for him and they were going to make him an offer. So this, the news is not surprising. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Islanders. This helps a ton though. And this will help boost what I think about them when we have our predictions later on in the upcoming weeks. But yeah, um, great fit, I guess. I think the Islanders will be a little bit better. They should, especially with Kadri, because I think very highly of this man. So yeah, interesting, 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 interesting. The Islanders were in the conference finals game seven, two years in a row, before playing their first 15 games of this past season on the road while their new building got finished. It was a rocky start for them. They were never able to climb out of it. And by the time the Islanders started playing well, the top eight in the East were, you might remember, like the top eight in the East had like a 15 point lead of the playoff line by like mid January. We debated whether or not that was good for the league. The Islanders were the team that were the number one effed by that. And I believe they will be a playoff team once again. In fact, I think they have a better chance of being elite than the New York Rangers. Whoa. Wow. Yes. That's a bold prediction. That is a bold prediction. But a New York team has lost to Tampa Bay in the conference finals two years in a, or three years in a row. And I think the Islanders get back to being great. Uh, Barzell is outstanding. They have a really good goalie in Sorokin, um, like a really good goalie in Sorokin. Um, their defense is good, and I'm rooting for my guy Zach Parisi. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, they they should be better than last year. They had that awful start last year when they just couldn't win on the road, right? Yep. Do you know what when they started getting good? No, it was on the road. What? Do you know when they started getting good? Their new arena. No, when Parisi started playing well, mm-hmm. he had like three goals in his first 50 games, and then he started scoring. He ended the season with like 14, 15 goals. The Islanders started playing well and got themselves into ninth place. 
and had them and the Blue Jackets were like, well, if they continue to go on a run, they'll get in that spot over Washington. And then Washington was like, yeah, okay, pal. <laughs> and then Washington gave Florida a scare. Man, Washington was so disrespected last year. They were. They and were. in the second half of the season, they I were one of the best. Them too. Yeah, I, I think I did too. Like We were like, hey, every team in the East has a chance to win the Cup except Washington. Yeah. And then Washington was like, oh, you think? Oh, you think? And then they cemented their playoff spot. They almost caught Pittsburgh in the standings. They were yeah, so high. I didn't high. give them enough credit. And I then didn't... in the playoffs, they gave the President's Trophy winning Florida Panthers a hard time, and it really set Florida up for disaster against Tampa Bay. And I think Tampa Bay has Washington to thank for being able to beat Florida because they were able to go to school on that series. Yeah, I agree. Um, the only thing I had left to talk about on that front is Phil Kessel's also a free agent. Hopefully he's signed by next show. Yeah, I think he's retiring. Frankie thinks he's retiring. Okay. I think hmm, – where do I think Kessel's going to go? Kessel's going to ride out one more year with his good friend Sidney Crosby. Wow. That's going to be my prediction. Interesting. He had, he had a okay year last year. People keep saying he had a bad year. He scored eight goals, okay? I know Phil Kessel, the sniper, hot dogs, all, all of it. <laughs> He had 40-something assists. If he scored 20 goals, he's a 60-point player. Like, go play with Crosby, score 20, have 40 assists, make a couple mil to make a somewhat decent playoff run with Pittsburgh. That's what I would do if I were him. I mean, it's possible. If he signs, that's got to be a favorite of one of the teams he goes to. Yeah, I think there are a couple teams that are favorites. He could join his friend Nazem Kadri with the Islanders. I think that's a possibility. They could try to recreate what was the top line in Toronto as their third line in uh, New York Islanders. And then if you think about it, you got Kessel, Kadri, Barzell, uh, Lee, Bavillier. No, they traded Bavillier, didn't they? No, I'm thinking of – No, they still got him. They still have Bavillier, who's a great player. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they have good defense. Uh, Parisi's there. He'll probably be on the third line. Um, Kyle Palmieri's there. Good player. So the Islanders are going to be a pretty good team, I think. Especially. Yeah, they'll be better than last year. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think of another team for Phil. He could go to a bad team and hope to get traded to a contender at the deadline, like maybe the Hawks entice him. Like, hey, I could play at the United Center through and you know eat really good hot dogs in Chicago until January, and then they'll trade me to one of the Florida teams or Colorado at the deadline. You know, that's a possibility. Um, you know, kind of doing what Max Domi did. Mm-hmm. You know, Max Domi signed knowing he might get traded at the deadline to a team. He has to play well to get traded. That applies to Kessel, too. But, you know, maybe he goes to home to Minnesota. I think the Wild have to be a favorite, too. They can afford – they need, like, a cheap guy that they could pay a million. And he's from Minnesota, so I think they have to be in the mix as well. Edmonton has got – to me, Edmonton is always in the mix when a cheap – former really good for like winger becomes available mm-hmm. think of evander kane yeah a cheap former elite winger that you're trying to make really good again edmonton right like yeah uh, that just to, it used to be pittsburgh with crosby and malkin now i think the wingers have to do a little bit more work in pittsburgh like jake gensel is not only good because of crosby jake gensel is great because he's great mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. I think it's got to be one of those options if he doesn't retire. You said you had some hockey-related you wanted to bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Korchinski signed his three-year entry-level deal with the Chicago Blackhawks, so I'm very excited to see what he's made of, and we'll get a first look at him this year. That means he will probably – unless he has a sick training camp, right? 
I'm talking like like Kirby Doc had a sick training camp in his draft year. So did uh, Jesper Bratt. Okay, and they made the NHL and never looked back. Unless that happens, he'll probably start with the Rockford Ice Hogs. And in my opinion, I think for the sake of this podcast, a October visit to a Rockford Ice Hogs game is a must for me and you. Okay. A must. Because the Rockford Ice Hogs are going to be stacked with more Blackhawks prospects. They haven't been stacked with Blackhawks prospects since we started watching hockey. Because since we started watching hockey, the Blackhawks have either been an elite Stanley Cup contender or a dog meat team with a bad farm. Mm-hmm. Now they're a dog meat team with a decent farm that's getting better. So even, you know, let's say they win the Bedard sweepstakes. He won't play for the Ice Hogs. But, you know, their farm is going to be good over the next couple of years, I think, if they keep drafting and developing well. And when I went, I've only been to one Ice Hogs game ever. With me. But yeah, and it was so much fun. Exactly. So Sorry. I'm with you on that. And one last thing I wanted to touch on hockey-wise in this period is the World Juniors restarted. Um, it got canceled in December's last January due to COVID-19 Omicron spreading throughout and teams were losing players. They were forfeiting games and the IIHF eventually said F this and they scrapped the whole thing. Those games that were played are just being pretended that they never happened. All the staff, all of all of it are gone. It is as if they never happened. And the ones from now are taking over. Last night, Team USA defeated Germany by a final score of 5-1. to one. My guy, Luke Hughes from the New Jersey Devils organization, had a goal and an assist, led Team USA in ice time, and was named the player of the game afterward. Frank, you going to take note of any of these games in this? I know there's some prominent Blackhawk playing in it, obviously the Devils. There's Every NHL team has guys that they need to keep an eye on throughout. Got to be honest, I don't usually watch a ton of this stuff. I just kind of see news from it or follow it online. So I'll definitely be keeping up with it, but I probably won't watch any games unless I just flipping through the channels, want something for the background, and then throw it on. But other than that, no, I probably won't. There's less to watch in the summer, though. There is, but when you got Big Brother, there's a lot to watch. (laughs) Yeah, well, Big, Big Brother doesn't really last long without being unwatched for me. Right. Like Big Brother's never really like taking up my time, like my free time, right? Like Big Brother time is Big Brother time. Mm-hmm. I'm never like, oh, you know, like last night, we'll talk about this in period three, but last night I watched multiple innings of five different baseball games before I went to bed where like that was just like free time, spending time. Mm-hmm. Wa- like that doesn't happen with Big Brother. You know, I watched the end. I watched Manny Machado hit a walk-off home run for the San Diego Padres, right? I yeah. watched a little bit. I watched, I pretty much watched the entire Angels game until they took Otani out. They took out, he started, he pitched, and freaking guy hits a home run. He breaks Ichiro Suzuki's record for second most home runs by a Japanese born player in a game that he started, went six innings, and didn't allow a run. I mean, what this guy does. It's insane. Daily basis. He's the first player since Babe Ruth to hit 10 home runs and have 10 wins in a season. And like he's got like close to 30 home runs. Like the 10th win is what's really pitcher wins aren't a good stat anymore. Pitcher wins. You should look at quality starts more. I wish we would see compare how many quality starts 
Like, how many times did he go six innings allowing three runs or fewer? Maybe he got the L, though, because the Rangers suck. Like, we talked about that with Johnny Cueto. How many times has Johnny Cueto gone out there, given up three runs or less, and the White Sox lose three to two? Now Cueto's two and four, even though his ERA is like 2.2 whatever. Like, sometimes that happens to Otani because they stink. But, man, what he does on a daily basis is just unreal. So, And then, of course, the big game that we're going to talk about. It has to do with your hat. We'll talk about that a little bit in to period number three. Welcome to period three, where we will talk about whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want to. Frank, big brother, is so sweet right now. Oh, yeah. Um, I I can't wait for tonight's episode. This season's been really fun to watch. I hope that you continue to watch it. Daniel stinks. Um, Fuck Daniel. Fuck. I, I really don't like him that like seriously. He's he is tough. so bad. He's a whiny bitch. Um, I just there's nothing I like about him at all. He's like one of my least favorite players recently in Big Brother. Like ever? Not I mean, he's up there. He's just annoying. I, I, I like he's just an asshole. If you were a player though, would you keep him around? I would. Um probably. It takes the target off your back, unless like he, I knew he was coming for me. Because, like, to me, he's not a physical threat. Huh? No army. What'd you say? He has no army. Yeah, but that could change quickly. He could start latching on. That's the thing that worries about me. Like, you have the same mindset that a lot of people have. Like, nobody wants to go after him. You know? Yeah. Look at Skyler, what he said. Yeah, I know. Tell me you weren't listening without telling (laughs) me you weren't listening. (laughs) Exactly, Skyler. Exactly. We already roasted him for that. You got to be kind of dumb to come in and make a comment like that. Sorry, He's probably not even here. He just joins, says a comment, and dips. That's it. Yeah, and the comment 99% of the time. There was one episode where he was saying nice things. Was it last week or the week before? Something like that, but usually he's just mean. Yeah. Like, how dare you like a movie intended for adults known as the MCU? Like, I, I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy yesterday, and I was like, there's nothing childish about this movie. Like, they a kid wouldn't understand it. No, right. Um, but back to Big Brother. I think Daniel's an idiot. I think Nicole was an idiot. Um, spoiler alert, by the way. Um, I can't believe she thought she was safe. Like Daniel's logic saying, oh, you, you don't want me to use the veto? Then I'll use the veto. Like He looked like an idiot. It was hilarious. He did look like an idiot. And I can't stop laughing. That's kind of why I would keep him around this week. Um the leftovers are about to get thrown away, though. You think? The, yeah, it's See, time to throw Michael's away. The leftovers. About to stab. the leftovers are expired it now. It hasn't even been like a week. Yeah, but he's going to do it in a way that makes him look like he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, right. One of Joe or Monty are gone, in my opinion. I love both of them, too. So do I. They're funny. Um, Joe is Joe's one of my favorite players from this year, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I just he acts I really hotter like than he is, though. He doesn't seem like he'd be a softie, but deep down he's a softie, a good guy. He's, I really like Joe. But I yeah. want your opinion on Muffingate. Muffingate. Listen. They put it up. They said Muffingate. I know, I know, Muffin I know. Gate. And you know I love calling things whatever gate, okay? We've had puck gate. Okay, Brad Marchand threw the puck to Sarah. I caught it because I'm sick, and I gave it to Sarah who gave it to Joey. Therefore, by design – 
whoever catches it, it should be their puck. I was kind enough to hand it off. You know I like a good gate, right? Mm-hmm. Muffin gate. Turner ate Princess's muffin. There's no he admitted to it. He's not ashamed of it. And I have no problem with Turner eating the muffin. If if it's gonna rile her up that much that he ate half a muffin. But he never admitted it to her. No, but she's searching the whole house. Like she's rattled over it. She's as if someone stole twenty dollars out of her wallet. He is so deep in her head. And so I think it's a great move by Turner. Shout out Turner. He will be a guest on this show at some point. I firmly believe that. I love Turner. He's another one of my uh, favorites. G and Katie, yeah, G and Katie each made a great comment. Katie's will address first since you put it on the screen first. Did Kyle hit Jasmine's foot? He did not. He absolutely did not. How he backed down and he ran to go get her ice. Like, oh, I'm going to go get her ice. <laughs> what are you doing? You didn't hit her foot. And what he should doing? know, like, I didn't hit her foot. I would have been like, bitch. He probably did that to be, like, not a dick because he was like, I don't want people to put a target on my back, right? Like, Absolutely. Abs- and then did you like I this? Guess. Or what were you going to say? Continue. Yeah, no, the G comment died laughing when Joseph. Oh, my God. Kyle and Alyssa, the new showmance that's developing in Big Brother. Listen, I like a good showmance. They put together some nice kisses. They're both kind of cute. Like, it's fine. But Joe creating the the funny side. That's that great. was hilarious. When he's like, all right, I'll just shut it. And then he peeks open the blinds right away. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh Listen, Joe's is vibing. It's just vibing. Did you hear about this, though? This no. was... Tony sent me a clip. Somebody used all of Jasmine's shit wipes. Like, and she, and she was like looking turd? through, like, huh? Like turd? Yeah, like shit wipes that you use. She she has her own package, and she, like all of them are gone. So she was walking around. I have to send you that. She's like, who used my wipes? And nobody's admitting to it. So I don't know if Turner did it again to like really try to mess with her because he's like so deep in her head. It's like trying to crack her down. But that she's would be like, now it's like wipe gate. There's another one going on. Maybe it's just Turner Gate for Jasmine because I think it's a great move. Yeah, and he's like sneaky about it. Like he has like an attitude deep down inside that you really didn't start to see till this last week or two. When he was the head of house, you saw a little more of him, but he still wasn't like an asshole. Now he's kind of like turning into like an asshole, like in, in an endearing way, kind of asshole. Not like you're a dick human being, like an endearing asshole. And I think like, I don't know. Yeah. And you know, she only uses half a wipe at a time. What? Half a shit wipe at a time. She said like, so you get one square of the wipe and she goes, yeah, I know. Cause Monty's like, are you sure you haven't been using them all? And she goes like, no, I wouldn't use that many. I only, I take one wipe and rip it in half and I use one wipe. She uses one wipe half per wipe, turd half or wipe. one half a wipe per turd. She takes one turd wipe, rips it in half, saves the other half for a different poop, and she uses that one for half. an entirely different poop. Yeah, she only uses one her half a wipe. Still has shit on it every time she gets off the toilet. <laughs> What'd you it's say? Impossible. Her asshole has shit on it every time she gets off the toilet. There's just no way. You do not get it clean enough with half of a wipe. You don't get I, it clean enough with three wipes. I have to. I'll have to send you the video because she's she's like, yeah, I rip it in half and I use half a wipe. That's why I'm I shouldn't be missing this many wipes. And then Monty's like, oh yeah, if you only use half a wipe, then for sure somebody's like took them from you. 
How did Monty not be like, bro, that's fucking gross? I don't know how you only use half a wipe. Like, Dude, when I go to the bathroom, I make sure there is nothing left. And that takes multiple pieces of toilet paper yes. and multiple wipes sometimes. I agree. I don't care about when it comes to making sure I'm clean. I don't give a shit about the earth. I don't I give agree. a shit about my kids' earth. I don't give a shit about anything. I want a clean butthole. And you are not getting a clean butthole with half of a wipe, Jasmine. Do you want to address this comment? That's all I mean, you. It's possible. I mean, Nicole, Nicole had a wipe rest. Nicole's enough of a douche. There's no doubt about it. And yeah, she's definitely got streak marks for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, said I don't she's know. got bigger skin. Yeah, I don't know what has bigger skin, her butthole or her fall. And then on top of it, so Nicole, when she was evicted, somebody else who was on Big Brother, I think last season, they have a, they have a podcast as well, and they had. Nicole on the podcast, right? And they asked her the question about wiping Jasmine's ass. And she goes, and she was talking to herself all that. She goes, well, what time was it? And the, and the lady's like, you did it more than once. And she's, she admitted to wiping it more than once, I think, which is just disgusting. Cause yeah. that, that's just, there's something wrong with Jasmine. I wanted to like her from the beginning, but she's just weird. She didn't get hit in the foot. This whole muffin thing was weird. She needs somebody to wipe him wipe her ass that just doesn't make sense i don't think she's really hurt she might not be it's an act and like it's a good way to stay who's voting out who's voting out the person who's not a threat because they're who's voting out the cripple yeah exactly exactly and i think the accent is fake because it's very endearing to america to have a non-american accent or not a non-american accent an old english accent and you know i think katie wants me to say She's got bigger skid marks than roadkill on a highway. That's exactly how she would say it. And I do it just as well as she does. <laughs> I don't know. I can't believe that that accent's fake. How? They they say she doesn't do it on the live feeds. Well, they say it's just not as much, right? That's that's weird. I don't There's something wrong with her. Yeah. I mean, maybe she's playing the game well, though. If I've she's never playing seen the game while I respect it. I I've never seen somebody do it to that caliber. Listen, if she makes it to like the final two because she didn't have to play in competitions and nobody wanted to vote her out because they didn't see her as a threat, it's a smart way to make it far in the game. Who's voting her out this week? Oh, I'm really scared of Jasmine, so let's get her out of here. No, no one's saying that. They want Monty and his muscles out. They want Joe and his biceps and his chest that he can make move. They want those guys out. I want, want him to Jasmine stay. Out. Please. They don't want Jasmine out. They don't care about entertainment. They don't care about what's right. They don't – no integrity. And that's what Daniel was bitching about at the end of the episode last time. He's like – you guys got to play the game for yourself. <laughs> Dude, they are. That's why they can, Nicole. Yeah. It didn't line up in your favor. Doesn't mean that they're not playing the game, their game for themselves. I felt bad for Alyssa because he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, no, you're not. I go, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, he was just like, being a dick. Yeah. I mean, everybody's trying to win, Daniel, you idiot. If your name's Daniel, you must be like four. He was doing the same thing with Nicole. He wasn't playing for himself. He was making an alliance, you know? Yeah. And he voted against Amira the week before. Yeah, exactly. So, Like, 
What are we talking about? Katie thinks Kyle's. Yeah, wash your mouth out with soap, Katie. I like Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that doesn't. She. I don't think she wants that. Katie's favorite, I think, is Michael. She likes Michael. I think my favorite is Turner. Turner or Joe. Turner's my favorite too. Or Joseph. I really like Joseph. I like Monty too. There's a lot of these guys I like. I identified Turner as the person I wanted to win in the very first episode. Turner reminds me of myself with the long hair, goofy. Like I would eat somebody's muffin and do that. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And Frankie would be like, "I swear to God, no crosses count." <laughs> yeah, um, would, nobody would expect it. Is someone going home tonight? No, right? No, tomorrow. Tonight's the veto. Tonight's the veto. Tomorrow, someone goes home. Tonight's Otev, I think. What's that? Well, it's it's a competition. It's veto backwards. It's their competition. They call Otev, and oh. it's like, and it's a talking like it, it'll be like something random, like it could be a talking clam or a talking squirrel or just something like random, right? It'll just be a talking figure, and like the whole competition is like you bow down to Otev. He's like the master, and Otev will give you a clue and say who was evicted week two by a vote of so and so, or just he'll give you random clues, and then you got to run off the big hill that he's up on and you have to go find, find the clue. It's like musical chairs. And the last person up there who doesn't get one of the spots is eliminated and then they'll remove uh, a spot. Okay. And then it like keeps going. So if there's six people participating, there'll be five spots and then they'll remove one because there'll be five. There'll be four. You get it. It's like musical chairs, but you bow down to Otev. It's really cool. They do it every season. And I think, they mentioned something about Otev. I thought Julie mentioned or something. I thought I heard about Otev. Interesting. I'm looking it, forward to that. Actually, I like be, theory. If Michael wins the veto, keep it the same. Then you got what? You got Monty, Joe, and Terrence on the block. Then, yeah, Terrence might go home though. Yeah, that's what I. I don't know. I don't know if Michael has the numbers to bail on the leftovers yet. Yeah, I, don't I don't think anybody would be for maybe. I mean, Nicole, well, let's see. Michael would want him up, but Michael's HOH, so he doesn't vote. Yeah. So Michael, Nicole, or no, Michael not has Nicole, Nicole and Michael has Brittany. Uh, Brittany. Nicole. Yeah, he has Brittany on his side. And there was one other person they got on their side, too, to like maybe start thinking about um, changing things up with the leftovers. I can't remember who the third person was. For what? They were talking about getting rid of one of Monty or Joe amongst themselves, a couple of the leftovers. Yeah, it might have been Taylor. No, Michael's really close with Taylor. They got to find out. I know. He won't bail on her. I'm not saying, no, I'm saying Michael, Taylor, and Brittany were thinking about getting rid of one of Joe or Monty. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but think I don't, it could go down. I don't think it could go down that way. I think it would be it would it would cause it's too early to do that. It's way I agree. too early to do that. They they would have to vote for Terrence. They would have to. Yeah, because then one of them stays and it's just gonna be a shit show. Yeah. If they vote out Monty, like Joseph's gonna like explode. Yeah. The leftovers will be they'll be taken out to the garbage, taken by the garbage truck and brought to the dump. I agree. So that's Big Brother. Frank, last night, the greatest game of the MLB season happened. What do you think? Fun to watch. 
very fun to watch. I was supposed to go to bed at 11.45. I ended up going at 1.30. It was getting late. I had to finish the game. Oh, that, I, was, a, that was a fact. If you are watching that game, you hate baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was so much fun. It was a pitching duel. And the Mariners are playing today, and it's still 0-0 in the fourth yep. inning. We got another duel on our hands. If they met in a playoff series, that would be electric. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that they would win the series. They won the season series. I don't know if they win today, it might be tied. Or if they lose today, it might be tied the season series. But I don't know what they did early on in the season or if they played early on in the season. I don't know. But it was so much fun to watch. Castile looked amazing in a Mariners uniform. He was just vibing. I'm glad that he's in this rotation. He's one of the hottest free agents on the market in terms of pitching. Probably the hottest free agent in terms of pitching. Um, this Mariners team, man. They're going to make the playoffs for the first time in two decades. I completely agree. Um, I was six the last time they made the playoffs. And I don't remember it very much, but I do remember Ken Griffey Jr. and Raul Abanez and um, Edgar Martinez and all those guys being sick for the Mariners back when I was in elementary school. I do, but nothing like what's going on right now with Julio. And, you know, they got Luis Castillo now and Robbie Ray and um what's his name kelnick you know he, he was batting ninth yesterday yeah i want up from triple a recently i think yeah i wanted him for the white Sox really bad that was my the white Sox had the fourth overall pick mm -hmm. and they took madrigal which madrigal good good okay hitter like traded him for kimbrell traded kimbrell for pollock like it didn't work out as bad as it could have mm -hmm. but like i really wanted them to take kelnick um Kalanick's really good. Yeah, like really good. Yeah. And he's had his up and downs in the major leagues, but every time he goes down to AAA, he smokes the ball again, and it's like, well, we got to get this guy to figure it out at the MLB level, but his ceiling is much higher than Madrigal's, and I, I was very pissed off when the White Sox <laughs> took Madrigal over Kalanick in 2018. Do you remember I used to do that show with my friend from Panera, EC Sports? Kind of. A little I used bit. to do his podcast. I would go on as a guest like mm -hmm. once every other month. Yeah. Yeah. And I would drive to his house in Bloomingdale yep. and yeah. And we recorded in the guy Anthony's basement. And yeah, when they draft that I was on after the MLB draft that year and I was pissed that the White Sox took Madrigal over Kelnick. I should actually go try and find that clip. Um, but you know, it is what it is. The it's Mariners right. are very good. The Yankees are very good, obviously, but the Yankees are in a little bit of a skid. What are they? Are they, are they one and six since trading Joey Gallo? Yeah. And the Dodgers are seven and zero since getting Joey Gallo. Yeah, I think so. That's fucked up, Bean. I uh, up. I'm just I'm worried that they're they're not a lock to make the playoffs. Who they're is like the Yankees? The Yankees, the Astros, and the Dodgers. Yeah, that's it. But this is like really scary. They're only like a game ahead now. That the if they fall out, that doesn't mean like the White Sox are a game and a half out. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I know they might take the Mariners' spot. Oh, no, they're not. No shot. Why? The winner of the Central Division is the only Central team making the playoffs. You think so, honestly? Yes. Unless the Twins make it and the White Sox take a wild card spot. I think if, if the White Sox take the lead in the division, I don't think the Twins or Guardians could catch the Mariners. I don't. I don't know. I'm really the Guardians are the youngest team in the league. 
and the twins are frauds, in my opinion. And I've been saying it all season. I agree. Long. The twins are frauds. Uh, the Guardians are better, in my opinion. They're peskier. They have better pitching. The twins they just have a can't better, score. The Guardians. The twins have a better starting lineup. Absolutely, yeah. they do with Correa and Buxton, and you know, uh, Luis Arise might win the batting title. He's one of the best players in the league. Like literally, Luis Arise. I think he's the most underrated player. He's very good in the entire league. Very good. And he's probably the best leadoff hitter in the American League. Um, we'll see what the White Sox are able to do, but I don't think uh, the M's have too much to worry about. I think the Jays and the Rays are locks for the top two wild card spots. I do. The Red Sox are done. They're done. The biggest threat to the Seattle Mariners, in my opinion, in the wild card chase, besides maybe the Twins slash White Sox, because one of them will win the division, is or Guardians, is the Baltimore Orioles. They just don't stop losing. They are last year's Mariners team to a T. Yeah. The only difference is this year has an extra wild card spot. The Mariners would have made it with this addition, with this rendition of the playoffs last year. And they're, when are the Mariners going to stop losing? When are they going to run out of gas? And they didn't have the pitching they have this year. It's like they just keep finding they're ways. They're even better win. this year, I think. So. Oh, they are better, but there's expectations on them now. They're not that like pesky, fun team anymore. Mm-hmm. People are calling them America's team because they haven't made the playoffs in – uh, freaking two decades worth of time but nobody's like surprised at what they're doing the orioles are like that team that like people are like okay this orioles team they won the division in 2014 they were really good back then since then they've started rebuilding adley rushman is already one of the best catchers in the mlb i like him a lot yeah, he's amazing dude and the Baltimore Orioles, I wish they could both make it. It's one of the, like, can the Rays just fall off a little bit? It's possible that they won. The Rays aren't that good, as people are saying. They're not, but, and if they had Glass now, things would be completely different, in my opinion, like completely different. That's an extra 10 wins on the season for them. But, like, they did win 100 last year, and not much of their team has changed. They're just, it, they're kind of like the Sox in a way, where, like, they're the same team, but something feels off, but they're still in it because of the talent that's there. And so I don't know. I'm not out on the Rays by any means. The Jays, though, muy bueno Jays. Yeah, the Jays, they've unfortunately, they've ran into the Orioles and they've lost the first two of the series. Yep. Yesterday's was weird. It was a rain delay. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, The, the Jays did have a 5-3 lead and then they just choked. Yep. Um, but yeah, the Orioles are playing really good baseball. It does remind me of the Mariners of last year. I wanted the Mariners to make it so bad last year. I thought they were going to squeak in, but I think that's where the Orioles sit as well. I agree with you. If I recall, last year, the four teams, Red Sox, Yankees, Jays, Mariners, all went into game 162 with a chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the cards shook where the Yankees and Red Sox were the ones who made it. The two, like, stalwarts in the MLB history, like, were the ones that's – like, I, I thought it would be one stalwart and one riser. It ended up being the two stalwarts. But that's baseball sometimes. That's just the way it goes. Frank, football's back. Are you excited? I am excited. Did you watch Very any of the Hall of Fame game? No, I caught some highlights on it at the end, though. I don't even know what happened. I'm not positive off the top Raiders of my head won. what teams played in it. Was it the Raiders and the Jaguars? Yeah, Raiders okay. won 
it was it was I don't remember the scores like twenty seven or something. They they were blowing them out, and then Jaguars got some points near the end of the fourth quarter. That's all I know. But like Derek Carr didn't play, Trevor Lawrence didn't play, right? I don't think maybe so. I think Adams draft. maybe did once, right? Or no, I don't know. I have I was in Nashville. It was my first night in Nashville. I have um, no idea what happened. I yeah. thought it's like I thought I saw something like Adams in a Raiders jersey, but why would they play? That wouldn't make sense because it's not even preseason. It yeah. is preseason, but it's not an official preseason. You know what I mean? Yeah. They each have one extra game, right? But like each NFL roster's got 53 men, and every team currently still has 90 on their roster. So there are plenty of people to play in these preseason games. Um, I love when people say, I hate preseason. I don't watch. I think it's pointless. They should reduce the games. That's how you separate the casuals from the diehards. <laughs> Somebody who says, I hate preseason. I don't get it. I don't watch it. I don't, it's unnecessary. You know, that person is telling you they're a casual without telling you they're a casual because the, everything about preseason is so necessary, so important. It's if you're a diehard fan, you need to be watching in order to keep things straight. Like, Hey, this competition between that right guard and this right guard is going to kind of be resolved in this preseason game. Like who's going to get, let's say I'm a Denver Broncos fan and they have like these two guards who are competing for the starting job. And I want to know which one of these two guys is going to win the job to protect Russell Wilson from the right side. Like there's and developing plays like, you know, what plays is Aaron Rodgers going to be really good at checking on and reading defenses and stuff like that. All those things are started to develop in the preseason, and anybody who acts like the preseason is irrelevant is you're just a casual fan. Like you want the regular season games that count. I get it, but don't tell me they're not for real or they're serious because they very well are very important. Tell me how you really feel. It kind of bugs me when people say dumb shit about that kind of stuff, and when people, are, I hate that baseball's nine innings long. <laughs> We need to shorten it to seven innings. Then you don't like baseball. The reason baseball is nine innings long is because the starter is supposed to go six, and then you're supposed to try and bridge a gap to the closer in the ninth inning. Okay, that is the reason baseball is the length that it is. Don't try to shorten it. If you don't like that baseball is nine innings, that probably means you don't like baseball that much, so just shut up. Mm-hmm. Just shut up. And so we do with – it just started. I heard someone say it about the NFL preseason again on Twitter, and it really <laughs> grinded my gears. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you – like – I was just at practice last week. It's like a preseason game except Bears versus Bears, right? They're running plays. You're seeing Justin Fields reading defenses, hitting Cole Komet through window. Like, they're not tackling like it's a real game. It doesn't mean anything in standings or anything like that. But because there's no immediate obvious result, casuals don't like it. They're wrong. Wow. Tell me how you really feel. I just did. Um, I know you agree with me. Another reason why I like football so much is because it's one of the sports that brings everyone together. It's the most socialized sports. Yes. Like everybody will get together for a football game. And I mean, everybody, people who don't know anything about football will get together for a football game. Like that doesn't happen with hockey or baseball. Like we will, but like I'm football gets every single buddy involved. And that's what I'm most excited for about it. Me too. We already got plans for the first Sunday night game and the first Thursday night game. That'll be fun. Um, very much looking forward to that. Is there any particular thing with football that you're most excited about? Like whether it be college, NFL, a certain team, a certain player, seeing how this guy fits in with this new team. Like it doesn't have to necessarily be with a team you're a fan of because we have favorite players across both too. Like for me, I think 
watching how teams like Cal and UCLA play as they prep to join the Big Ten, and then same goes for Texas and Oklahoma as they prepare to join the SEC, I think those are like some of the things that like really intrigued me about this season. How's Georgia going to be after coming off the national championship? Will they be able to compete with Alabama for a second year in a row? How is LSU going to play with Brian Kelly as their coach? Is Notre Dame going to have a fire lit under their ass? They play Ohio State in week one. One of those two teams' national championship desires, Ohio State and Notre Dame, one of their two national championship like hopes is literally going to be destroyed in week one. Yeah. And like I'm excited about that. Um, you know, seeing how the Mac develops, like is NIU going to be able to compete for Detroit this year? Yeah, got some action games planned. The weeknight games got the tickets all lined up, ready to go. I would love for you to come to one with me, especially one of the weeknight games, so you can experience that weird action on a Wednesday night in November. But like, if they make it to Detroit, are they going to play against you know Ball State or Bowling Green? One of these teams, like, very much looking forward to all that. So I'd like your thoughts. Yeah, you said it perfectly. I'm so excited for college football. I don't understand people who don't like college football because it's so fast-paced. So I consider it more fast-paced than the NFL. Um, college yeah. offense. Huh? College offense. Yeah, it's just I, I really, really love college football. You, you got it at all parts of the day, too. You could watch an 11 o'clock game, and then you got Nevada in the Mountain West starting at 9 p.m., 10 o'clock, and it's just it, those games – same reason why I like college basketball. Just life, love seeing these young guys go, and then you know that some of these guys you're going to see in the NFL one day. You know, it's kind of like the AHL, you know, with the Rockford Icehogs. Like some of these guys are going to come up, and you're going to see them in the pros. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited also to see um, how Devontae Adams fares in a Raiders jersey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Raiders – they might be the first last place or they might be a last place team with a winning winning record, right? Like, you know, I think whoever comes in last in that division is going to have a winning record and we'll see how the playoffs shake out. But um, yeah, uh, the guy with the name, the guy with the name drunk wants to know how Lincoln Riley is going to do with USC. They had some of the best bowl games last year. I'm excited um, for the bowl games. I love the bowl games. Oh, yeah, of course. We but got then, together for that. Yeah, that means like well, that football was the national is over. Championship, but yeah, well, we were about to watch the college football playoff, which I believe last year was the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, mm-hmm. and you know, COVID got in the way of that stupid COVID. No, we watched it. The we national it. championship. Yeah, yeah. We skipped the semifinals because of me getting oh, COVID. That's right. that's right. Um, in the Winter Classic, it was all of it in one day. Um, so we'll make up for it this year, though. There's no doubt. Um. Trying to see what Trey Lance going to do for the 49ers. Yeah, the Bears are going to kick their ass in week one. Wow. Really? No. <laughs> of I course think they're going I'm going to stay that they're going to do it. The Bears are going to pull off the upset. I might bet on the underdog, whoever well, it is. The underdog will be the Bears. I think so. Is it at Soldier's Field? Or is it? I believe it is at Soldier Field, yes. Then they'll might be. I don't know. They'll get, they'll get. They'll take three for being at home, but. Yeah, I'm not high on them at all. Um, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, USC is going to be very fun to watch. I think uh, I'm with you. Like 
Give me a Utah game, a Utah versus UNLV game that starts at like 9.30. The fourth quarter will be just getting started at like 11.45, and you know that right around 12.31 you're going to see the end of like a sick game. Like, yeah, hand me that right now. Hand yeah. me that right now. So I agree. Um, I, I just – it's one of those things that I can just watch any team. Yep. Absolutely. Spot on. So – that's period number three. We are going to wrap up the show with America's favorite podcast segment of the week, Breaking Bets. Where's my money, bitch? Where's my money, bitch? Frank, help me get it. Okay, so we got three games on the MLB slate that I really like. The first one, we're just going to make it plain and simple. I don't think the Blue Jays are going to get swept to the Orioles. It's very hard to sweep teams. You look at their most recent series, I think Blue Jays played the Pirates before this. They lost the first two, but then beat the Pirates in the third game. And then I think the Orioles won the last two games of their series, or the first two games of their last series, and then lost the final game of the series because sweeping's hard, especially a team like Toronto. Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays against Kramer for the uh, Orioles. I'm going to have to side with the Blue Jays here. Fair price at minus 142. I'm going to go against the sweep here. I think you're getting a pretty good price for the Blue Jays, so I would highly suggest taking that one. Then you got the Marlins at the Phillies. The Marlins can't score runs. They stink. They just can't. They have five. No, they have eight runs in their past five games. You're averaging less than two runs per game. That is so bad. They just can't score runs. And now you got Alcantara pitching for the Marlins and Syndergaard pitching for the Phillies. And with Syndergaard pitching for the Phillies, Marlins can't score as it is. They're not going to be able to score a lot. Alcantara's a tremendous pitcher. His whip is under one. I see it under three and a half for the first five. I don't want to mess around with the bullpens later on because the Angels have been scoring runs. So Marlins and a or Marlins and Phillies. I keep saying Angels because I think of Syndergaard on the Angels when he was with the Angels. But Marlins and Phillies under three and a half for the first five minus one hundred seven. I love it because the Marlins aren't scoring. Then this is going to be a good game. Um, Braves at Red Sox. Obviously, Braves are the better of the two. Red Sox have been on the decline. You got Wright going, Kyle Wright for the Braves, who is just a tremendous pitcher. Got Pavetta for the Red Sox, who is also another great pitcher. I think Pavetta's underrated. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he's one of the best pitchers on the Red Sox. Um, and the Red Sox are plus 130. I'm going to side with the money line on the Red Sox with the plus 130. I don't see that really value in taking the Braves. While, yeah, they do have the pitching matchup in their favor right is better than Pavetta it is at uh it is in Boston 130 I'm not feeling the line for the Braves when I think that this game I it just feels like a letdown spot there's really no other reason I just think the Braves are going to be let down in the spot I like the Red Sox money line at plus 130 as the underdogs it just seems like Pavetta is going to have a great game, and they're going to be able to steal this one away from the Braves. So there you go at mine or plus one thirty. Take the underdog in that one. There you go. Is that all for breaking bets, Mister Frank? That is all. Breaking bets is going to be bumping once football and hockey return. Oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah. So very much looking forward to that. Very good segment there, Frank. Um, is there anything else on this show you got to get off your chest before we head on out of here? We had a lot of Nashville talk, um, a lot of drama from the trip, some story time, um, a couple ch- different cheaters going on early in the trip. We um, know Elizabeth's a cheater. Elizabeth is a cheater. Um, no, even though she's not. I did see this, Vin. That challenge was complete. The one you said nobody's going to complete for twenty grand, where you couldn't die in the Halo challenge. Wow. It was completed. Yep. Somebody won $20,000 just for playing a video game. Are you serious? Yep. It was. Wow. Legendary. No deaths. Without, without dying? And all the skulls except one turned on here. That feels it, hard. Do you know, like, you know how hard that is. It's I'm very trying hard. to think of like an equivalent. It is. It's never been done before, and Halo Two's been out for how many years? It's never been done before. No, this was the first time in history it's ever been done. And Halo oh, Two's God. been out for how many years? And we don't know for sure if some kid was able to do it at home without like being exposed about it. If there was, there was no documentation of it to prove it. Wow. I mean, I'm sure Halo would know, like the game, right? They would know somebody beat their campaign, you would think. I don't know. Yeah. It's never been documented or done before. That's why there was this bounty to do it. The guy wanted it to be complete. Wow. So history there, was made. Are there clips of it and stuff that I could go look up later? Oh, yeah. You had to you had to record it. It had to be documented. So, oh. there is, so the whole run is available online. Oh, Skylar said he streamed it. Yeah. Ooh, I'm actually going to take a picture of this. You and had to watch it. And, like, and some of the skulls, Vin, that, that had to be on, like, made the enemies invisible. That's what made it so hard. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Congrats to him. 20 grand doesn't feel like enough for based on how hard it is. First time it's ever been done. I just can't believe it. Halo 2 is so old. Yeah, Halo 2 came out, what, 03, 04? It's over 20 years old. Because I remember when Halo 1 came out. Here, I'll look it up. Really when quick. Halo 1 came out on the original Xbox, that was like the big deal. And then I know Halo 3 broke in Xbox 360. Um, that was my first game I had on Xbox 360 was Halo 3. 2004. Okay. I remember our cousins Mark and Frank because Frank really likes Halo. Um, so it's 18 years old. Yeah, that's Banana Lands. Wow. Frank had a sick Halo 2 case that was like metal. And like you were only able to get it by like pre-ordering it by a certain date with an extra ten or something like that. I don't remember exactly how Frank got it, but it was sick. Yeah, wow. I I took a screenshot of the chat, Skylar, and I'm gonna check that out later for sure. I'm it's definitely agonizing though. I'm not sure. I'm gonna watch the entire. I mean, how many hours is it? Like seven, probably. Probably. I don't know if I'm gonna watch every minute of the stream, but I'm definitely gonna like skim around and look for some highlights gotta watch the ending at least yeah absolutely see if he freaks out for finishing it that'll be fun um yeah so covered nashville covered the nhl the bruins were popular big brother seattle mariners football roasted thomas gage a little bit uh if you don't have anything nice to say get the hell out and that goes for everyone um frankie uh gave you some free money by either fading him or going with him on breaking bets and 
Yeah, the summer is going along. We're at August 10th. Hockey is back in World Juniors because of COVID being an a-hole back in the winter. But, you know, the NHL will be back soon. Um, we're going to keep going, though. I mean, shows like this to me are fun. Where we're just oh, yeah. Absolutely. We talked about stories in Nashville for 45 minutes. Absolutely. And then we covered the NHL for another 30. Like, I, I just love bouncing around like that. It's fun. We'll still keep – we'll still probably keep period three, except for, like, the big weeks. We'll still probably keep period three to – you know, pretty light stuff once the hockey season rolls around so that everybody can be involved in the show and whatnot. But I'm very much looking forward to it. So, Frank, that's our show. It was an honor doing this one with you. I know we had a good time. Another Wednesday, Come and Goes, episode 71. I mean, the 69th episode that we were, like, so excited for was two weeks ago already. Like, <laughs> Isn't that hard to believe? Yeah, it'll be episode 169, and we'll be talking nice times 100 before you know it. Um, it'll I, be here before you know it. I don't think... I don't think um, 100 will come this year, will it? No, it won't. Nope. In 2022, but it nope. will come in 2023. Yep. So that's something to be excited about. I'm sure we'll make a big spectacle about that. Um, you have anything else to get off your chest before we get out? You know what I just thought of? It would be the 100th episode, if my math isn't wrong, and it probably is a little off because I can't really think what would be 39 weeks. No, 29 weeks from now? Oh, yeah, then my math's off. Never mind. Never what mind. were you thinking? I was going to say it's going to be bring us right up to our Door County trip. Oh. Like a, like a month and a half or two months before, but no, 29. It'll be like in April, I think. Okay. Or late March, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it'll be around the two-year mark of this show, which Could makes be. sense, 52 plus 52. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah. We've had a couple episodes off for vacations and whatnot, but for the most part, this show has been every week mm -hmm. for the last. We've only missed like one for Door County. Yeah. And I think for the better part of two years, this show hasn't missed a week. So, Frank, it was a great time. I know everybody needs to check out, since we were just talking about it, everybody needs to check out at the King Bean on Twitter to make sure you can read all of Frankie's um video game news and notes and fun um via the app trigger website of the fan side and networks of course i'm at vinnie parisi where i'm covering all five chicago sports teams the uh bears cubs white Sox, blackhawks bears and bulls and of course the new jersey devils just wrote a piece this morning about how luke hughes dominated for team usa yesterday and so between the two of us we got the entire chicago sports slash devils and video game you know, conversation rolling. This show is not missing a beat on any of those topics. And you could once again, one last time, follow at the King Bean on Twitter. I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. As always, no matter what, to everybody in the chat, there are so many of you to name. I'll name, I'll try to name as many as I can. Okay, ready? Scox, Hallie, Amy, um, Skyler. Um, I don't know. Was Megan in here? One of the Megans had to, uh, uh, Patrick. Um, if I missed you, I'm so sorry. And of course, the biggest shout out of them all. Oh, uh, the two biggest shout outs. First, I'll say G. Thank you very much for listening. It's always a pleasure to have you in here. And of course, Katie, happy birthday to you. The Nashville trip was insanity. And we all love you very much. As always, thank you for listening.